1: of the 2013 National Hockey League Draft. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the First Pick Podcast, where we talk about everything sports and family, man. I'm excited to be back for another one. How about you, Vince?
0: Yes, sir. We're back. Um, I'm excited now that we have uh, some somewhat of a following. We got some, some more listeners uh, now that we're, we're live, so to say. And you
1: can find us at the First Pick Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you can find us on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, Spotify. Please download and subscribe if you like what we're doing here. We will continue to get better as we go along. Or for the Apple users out there, um, we're having some issues with them. They're taking a little bit longer to download some of our stuff than we thought. Sometime. It was supposed to take 24 to 48 hours. Come on, Apple. Apple stop dragging your feet, man. We right. need the followers.
0: We need the subscribers. Right, stop right. playing.
1: So as soon as we know, we'll post it on all of our spots just so you guys can get you know get a hold of our podcast and hopefully listen to it. I hope you enjoy. But for now, like I said again, we're on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, Spotify, and you can find us at the First Pick Pod, the First Pick Podcast, everywhere, everywhere.
0: Kev, where could they find you at? Where could it? Where if they want to just get to you? Where if they just want to talk trash just to you? Where could they get you at?
1: At Biggest Seventy Six on Twitter and Instagram, and Kevin Dykes on Facebook. D Y C H E S.
0: And uh, if you want to come at me, you know what I'm saying, or if you want to congratulate how good my Mets are doing, you know what I mean? You can find me at Vinny Goombots on Twitter and at Vinny Goombots on Instagram. But like always, Instagram, you're going to get sneakers, cigars, and uh, maybe what I'm eating for dinner that night.
1: <laughs> NCAA sets new rules that limits the relationship between underclassmen testing their MBA draft value and agents. The biggest issue seems to be the need for a bachelor's degree LeBron calls the rule the Rich Paul rule and it looks like that the NCAA is trying to set some rules because LeBron and his crew seem to be getting powerful and they want to limit uh Rich Paul because think about it almost all the other agents have degrees and Rich Paul does not and he's built himself a massive company around him and LeBron James moving forward but we're going to actually dig into that a little earlier and I think it's going to lead us into the bullpen. Nice. into a conversation. You know, how, how we, what are we going to do? How, what are we going to do with our sons? And we'll let you know how we're going to, how, how we'll tie that in. Also, in 17 days, Serena will be trying for her next Grand Slam in the U.S. Open, opening up on August 26th. I love Serena Williams, ladies and gentlemen. She is my second favorite sports team on, on the planet, other than the Green Bay Packers.
0: Does Lisa know you have a crush on her?
1: Oh, I love me some Serena Williams. Okay.
0: Yes, she does, because uh, she sees Lisa's, Lisa's Kevin White, bro. Well, <laughs> making sure you don't in get the- in trouble. We are getting a divorce.
1: Don't do this. No no. She hears me in my man room screaming at the television when she's playing tennis. And then also, there's 83, 83 days left until the MLB playoffs take place, starting on October 1st. I know that excites
0: you, Vince. It definitely excites me, and um, you know, especially after last night, uh, y'all know me, diehard Met fan, and Hey, <laughs> Mets. That's, that's what we're doing. Step the, Mets. the Mets. Nice. Bring your All kids. right, that's enough for that, y'all. He's but, such uh, a homer. But let me tell y'all, you know, we won uh, 14 <laughs> of our last 15 last night in dramatic fashion. You know, we tied the game up 3-3. Conforto, right? Confor- well, Conforto uh, wound up getting his first walk-off RBI. But uh, we tied the game up 3-3. And then the uh, Nats took the lead 5-3. to and uh, we stormed back. They hit up, they, it, was, it went at 6 3, and then we tied it up 6 6 with uh, an Alonzo homer and a uh, JD Davis homer. What a good game that was, man. Um, any, any, I mean, listen, any Met fan was going bananas last night, but if you're a fan of baseball, that was a good, well, excuse me, that was a great regular season game. Absolutely. Um, and one of the things I love the fact, uh, you know, with the new age social media was uh, the Nationals' social media uh, accounts. Twitter okay. being Twitter being one of them made a post saying the Mets are really that good question mark. And they had uh Juan Soto hitting the home run and uh, that didn't age too well because you know, we wanted to get in that W and, and, uh, I went on that feed later at night, and that they were just ripping that. It was just it was funny, man. I had to. If those pitchers keep in.
1: pitching and your hitters keep trying to get them a few runs, maybe bat a little bit above average, and they get hot, man, they, they might be able to do something. Maybe they get in on that wild card and they get to play that one game in, which I don't really like that much. But they might be able to play their way in. Who knows?
0: Yeah, man, we'll see. Um, you know, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not getting crazy yet. You know, we're still not in the wild card uh, as a spot per se. We are, uh, I believe, like one game out. I'll check the statistics. When we're, you know, Milwaukee won last night. Uh, I was rooting for the Rangers. And and, and then C, uh, so excuse me, St. Louis won as well. Uh, that kind of set us back a little bit. But we got a tough five games. These are big. All against division teams. Uh, two more with the Nats. And then we got three coming up with the, with the Bravos. And uh, it's going to be big, man. If we could at least go three and two, that's going to be major. Obviously, I'm hoping for better. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens.
1: We'll see. We'll see, man. And now I'm going to hit you guys with some NFL headlines from the first week of preseason. Football is back. It's officially back. It was back last week, but it just feels like every other week, every every week we get closer to the regular season. It just feels more back as we go. So Kiki QT hurts his knee in preseason game versus the Packers. Stock rises for Will Fuller. Duke Johnson, who was just signed, and they traded a third-round pick for the guy. Mm. That was steep. Mm. So Duke Johnson and Lamar Miller, all of their stock rises in fantasy moving forward. Curse breaks his leg in preseason game and preseason action with the Lions, and then also the feel good story of the week was Damon Giuseppe literally risking everything to get into the NFL, and he returns a punt for eighty six yards and uh, eighty six yard touchdown, and his teammates attack him. It was what, what team is that? This is for the Browns, man. Just
0: letting y'all know out there. I knew, but I got to play like we didn't know. You know what I mean? For
1: the Browns. And I just want to tell you, I got to say a few things about this guy. Four months ago, he spent his last $200 to train. He was charging his phone in a laundromat, man. He was sleeping in the gym. And then once the the gym failed, he started sleeping outside. Uh, He convinced the team's management that he knew the vice president of player personnel, Alonzo Highsmith, which he didn't and convinced Alonzo to get him a tryout where he ran a four and got signed. And the last time this guy's actually played football was at Phoenix college in junior college. What a story, man. It's so hard. I had to tell you guys that I just thought it was amazing. He literally risked it all. He had no money. He had nothing. And the Browns gave him an opportunity. And obviously he had the skills to get it done. I just thought that was exciting.
0: Yeah, man, that's dope. Uh, I mean, if you if you can't be happy for somebody like that, uh, you better you better pound on your chest because you ain't got no heart in there. I'll tell you that right now. That's something. Uh, that's something special. And uh, I'll be real with you. Even if he was uh, on one of those three teams that I despise, I would still root for that dude because at the end of the day, that's awesome. And uh, I root for anybody that that comes from the bottom and try to and and you know tries to make it to the top. For
2: sure, man. You know, no
0: matter what it is. So whether you're selling hot dogs. You know, whether you're playing in the NFL, playing baseball, you know, uh, you're a veterinarian, whatever it is, if you come from the bottom, I'm rooting for you to get to the top.
1: And he kind of inspired me because we're trying to do this from the ground up, never doing this before. So he kind of inspired me because, you know, I'm feeling I'm like, oh man, are we really doing this? Are we really starting a podcast and trying to literally be successful at it? So after looking at this guy, I'm feeling a little, he, he gave me those juices. He made me like, we can do this, we can get it done. So I I, I thought that was great.
0: And uh, yeah, Kevin and I just scrounged up our last $23.12 <laughs> well, to get this thing going. So help yeah, us out, y'all. Yeah, I'm playing with y'all, but yeah, man, that's what it's about about Uh,
1: and lastly the young quarterbacks represented on Thursday Sam Darnold Daniel Jones Kyler Murray Dwayne Haskins he threw two picks but other than that he did look really good Drew Locke was a monster Baker Mayfield all looked great everybody went five for six for 60 yards and scored a touchdown except for Dwayne Haskins uh you know what I'm saying so they it was a great look for all a lot of young quarterbacks there's a lot of hope out there uh, there's a lot of hope out there for you fantasy players, for you fans of these teams, whether it be the Jets or or the Giants or Arizona. They look like they're really good. So we'll see what happens. Did you watch the Jets and Giants game?
0: Um, of course I did. Uh, not as much, uh, you know, as, uh, you know, I guess you would say a diehard fan would. But preseason, preseason. I like to see the young guys. I like to see some guys uh, that were that went to camp. You know, here's, there's, a, there's a dude I got my eye on. Um, I was a big fan of him in college and I was ecstatic that my Jets signed him. Um, let me tell y'all something uh, about a dude named Greg Dorch. Okay. This boy is legit. He broke records at Wake Forest for a wide receiver. He's a little guy though. So he didn't get a lot of love and he came on as a, um, undrafted, uh, free agent with the Jets. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for this dude mainly because the guy is a baller. Also, he's on my team. You know what I mean? <laughs> but course. even if he wasn't, like the dude you just said, uh, I forgot his first name, but I know his last name, Giuseppe. Yes. What's his first Damon. name? Damon. Damon Giuseppe. Even if he was on another team, I'd just throw out a random team. If he was for the Rams, for the Seahawks, I would be rooting for Greg Dorch because this dude should have been drafted. And I'm hoping that he makes a statement and lets everybody know this is what happens when you don't draft somebody like this guy. He has amazing talent. And uh, so that's a guy I look for on my preseason, you know, uh, watching preseason, excuse me. Um, but, yeah, I watched a little bit of it. You know, I talked my trash to the Giants fans out there. And uh, you know what, though? Believe it or not, my favorite thing about the Jess Giants game was Daniel Jones. And the reason is because when the Giants drafted Daniel Jones, everybody was crying. All these Giants fans were like, I can't believe this and da-da-da-da-da. Let me tell you something. I told them then and I'm going to say it again now. This boy Daniel Jones is going to be for real. And then, right.
1: and then GM uh, Gettleman came out after Dave Gettleman came mm-hmm. out and spoke about it, And he's like, and, and Pat Shermer, who was the head coach yeah. of the team, they came out and said that, yes, it's exciting. He did really well. But Eli is the starter. I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Protect him. Keep yes. him in that cocoon. Let him yes. develop. I, I don't care what the season looks like. I wouldn't even play him this year. But we're no. gonna talk, we'll get deeper yeah. into that. We're going to get deeper into, into Daniel division. Jones.
0: Yeah, I don't want to go too much onto it. But just remember, Giants fan, if you're a real Giants fan and you're a friend of mine, you know when y'all drafted him, you I wanted. text all of you and said, don't worry. Wah. Yeah, don't worry. This boy's <laughs> going to be legit. Listen, not now. Maybe I'm calling 2020, 2020, uh, excuse me, 2022, 2021. That's when he's going to be in his prime. Remember I said it. And now the best thing is we got this recording for, for y'all to hear me make my statement. Now, I will say I have not been the quarterback whisperer in, in recent years. Because uh, I made the same claim to fame about Sam Bradford a few years ago, but luckily there was no recording of it because I would have been eating my words. Um, but uh, and I said the same thing about Geno Smith, but that's because he wore the green and white. Long story short, Daniel Jones was the real deal. But we'll get to that when we break down the NFC
1: East, y'all, which is coming up. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. The First Pick Podcast at the First Pick Pod on Twitter, the First Pick Podcast on Facebook, and the First Pick Pod on Instagram we are back and we're about to dig in deep to the NFC East which is a very interesting and always a close division they always play close yeah I know
0: there's a lot of Eagles fans a lot of Cowboys a lot of Giants that are gonna we're be surrounded listening. by them man. my Facebook is, is gonna be yeah, littered we're with comments I hope. we're in the meat of it so um you know <laughs> if you want to listen to this section uh Kevin's more I would say the gentle one but get your tissue boxes out because I ain't holding back.
1: <laughs> I had a few friends. Uh, uh, Rich Rich told me, he's like, be, be nice to my Cowboys, please. He's like, please be nice to them. And I actually don't have a problem with the Cowboys. I love them. They just need to sign their boys. So let's dig in with the with the records first. And then we'll see what these uh, these online offshore books have to say. So winning the division last year was the Cowboys, the 10-6. and 6, Eagles coming up. Nine and seven, Redskins seven and nine, and the Giants five and eleven. So obviously, in those top three. There's only a couple games separating these teams. So, um, yeah, and they always do that. Like they're always close. So, what was these? What are these offshore books saying about these guys?
0: So, Kev, um, one thing I'm gonna say is I, I switched it up a little bit. We were going with uh, I was I was looking at numbers off of, off of an offshore online sports book. Okay. Um, but I decided to just. Take a gander at something a little bit more public. Okay. Um, I gotta state that this is not a sponsor because uh, now that we're getting a little bit more publicity, your boys ain't trying to get sued. <laughs> this is not a sponsor, but I checked out the FanDuel online sports book for the state of Pennsylvania. Okay. And when I say by well, it's a little bit more of a public uh, sports book, because obviously it has a big name, so uh, a lot more of the public will be going there, okay. and I think that's uh, beneficial to mention because. With a lot more people, the public, quote unquote, going there, their lines may be skewed just a bit, maybe to their favor. And that's Perfect. why I say those things. So, first up, we're going to go with the division winners last year, the Dallas Cowboys. If you like them to win the division, you're going to get plus 135. How you feel about that, Kev?
1: That's actually really good. Yeah. Uh th- with a plus number does that mean that they have faith in the Redskins that they have and the eagles they must believe in the eagles also if we're getting plus money all, all the way
0: uh, yeah I'm gonna get to the to the birds next but um
1: if they sign their boys I love that yeah as long as they sign everybody and everybody's happy I don't see why that would be a terrible bet
0: now um if you're out there and you're you know a fan of the Eagles or the Giants, you might not want to take that bet because obviously you know you'll be rooting for you know the, the Dallas Cowboys to win the division and you don't want that. But if you're a smart man, you want to take that bet now, and I'm gonna tell you why because that number is probably going to change once number 21 signs on the dotted line. And if Jerry's smart enough and he signs Zeke and they figure that stuff out, you could see that number going down. Right. And I think that that plays a lot. Uh, I, we'll get to. Do we think Jerry's going to sign him? And how Jerry being Jerry Jones, the owner for y'all that don't know. I mean, if you don't know, you've been living under a rock. But, uh, yeah, I think that number's going to go down once uh, 21 signs on the dotted line. Absolutely. Uh, but for right now, your boy uh, your boy threw a little lunch bet on that. I'll definitely be taking the Dallas Cowboys to win that division at plus 135. Okay. Um, and when I mean by a lunch bet, I don't like to uh, disclose my uh, bet sizing because I don't want to discourage small betters. And if you're a big better, I don't want you to think that, well, if I'm, I can't throw $1,000 on it if this guy only threw $10 on it. But you could kind of uh, decipher what a lunch bet is, um, something that might pay for a lunch meal. Now, am I paying for a lunch meal at Bobby Flay Steak or at uh, <laughs> McDonald's on a dollar menu? That's something I won't disclose. But, uh, yeah, your boy threw a lunch bet on the Dallas Cowboys. That's already locked in. Okay. So I'm sorry out there, Giants and Eagles fans, but that's who I'm rooting for to win this division. Next up. Philadelphia egots minus 110 to win the division kev how you feel
1: bro they got weapons everywhere yeah like everywhere like all of they they have five running you know what so I should not be saving that for us digging into the team but they got five running backs and four out of the five all average over four yards per rush so fantasy-wise, not the greatest, but if you're trying to win a division and you want to bet on this team, you want, no matter who they're going to put in, they can run the ball and get four, four, four yards a shot. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. And then you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, as long as he stays healthy. Uh, it's going to be tough. I think it's going to come down to the end. It's going to be. I think it's going to be the same. We talked about the AFC South last week with Indianapolis and Houston Texans. This is going to be a fist fight. Uh, a real fist fight, and we can't. You know, we'll get to the Redskins, but even so, we can't count them out either. They were seven and nine. They obviously won a, a decent amount of games. Only three games back of winning the who? the East, the Skins, man. Oh boy, I get it. But uh, <laughs> um, obviously, the Dallas is still the bet here. That do, that doesn't change my mind. But if Carson Wentz stays healthy, hmm, I don't uh, know and listen, I, I'm not saying
0: <laughs> I'm not saying that I don't like the Eagles uh, I don't like the juice it's not that much though minus 110 is pretty standard but uh you know I I'm I'm going to be doing some line shopping here and line shopping means uh, again this is from the public non sponsor FanDuel Sportsbook so uh, I'm going to do a little bit of line shopping again And I'm going to check out to see if I can get an even number out there or just even, you know, maybe plus 105 or lay a little bit less juice because although I think the Cowboys can win this division, I think it's going to come down to a game or two. And it's going to be these two teams that it's decided between. And I will not discredit the fact that the Eagles have weapons. And I think that, again, we'll dive into it. I think Carson Wentz is going to have a a big year. And uh, they definitely rushed him out there last year, in my opinion, having an ACL tear twice. Um, I could tell you, no matter what, no matter what kind of training you have, no matter the million dollar rehab, they rushed Carson Wentz out there last year, yeah, and uh, it showed. So, um, and they still, and they still had a
1: chance to win. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. were
0: they were a catch away from from getting that ball down
1: the field against the Bears and getting it done.
0: Yeah, man, and uh, you know, I um, I definitely going to be looking into the Eagles too, maybe on a smaller bet because uh, there's nothing wrong with having two horses in in the same race. Absolutely. Next yeah. up. Them other boys. And when I say that, I mean the big blue. The G-Men. Plus 1,200. Before I even ask Kevin, there's a lot of Giants fans out there. I'm going to tell you right now. The FanDuel Sportsbook, that ain't your bet. You got my phone number? Hit me up. I give you plus 1,500. I give you plus two grand. Giants ain't winning this division. You couldn't. I wouldn't bet this with my enemy's money. But if you feel like your G men can win this division. I'll take the bet plus That's two nuts. plus two grand. Holl at me.
1: I'm not wasting time talking about this too much. No thanks. There we go. Redskins
0: plus twelve hundred. Redskins. Washington. How you feeling, Kev?
1: I do like that a little bit better, actually, than the Giants. Now, quarterback is going to be the real thing here. They do have Case Keenum. Is Dwayne Haskins going to be the guy? They, I don't. I don't know if they. I don't think they've chosen a starting quarterback yet. They want. I think they wanted to see a little bit of what Dwayne was going to do, and I think despite the two interceptions, he still looked pretty good with the quarterback. Though they did finish seven and nine. The next up. Eagles was only nine and seven. Now they oh, they were also missing Carson once for most of the se- well for the second half of that season. And then Dallas was only ten and six, so they weren't that far back. And they were in some slobber knockers in those games where they were playing mm. each other. So I, I don't underestimate them. I, I do. Do I think it's a stretch? Do I think it's a great bet? No. But if I had an extra ten bucks, and I'm getting <laughs> yeah, you could turn ten I, into a buck twenty. Uh, right. Right. I think that. I don't know. I, I don't totally. I, like it's not. I'm not totally unbelieving in the Redskins as I am in the Giants because, and mostly my response for the Giants was they, they're down all three of their starting receivers. One for PED. Sterling thinks he's going to be back, but he's still dealing with some pain. Uh, Coleman ACL. That's rough. And they they plan on sticking with their um they plan on sticking with their young guys for now. They're not going out and looking for the next veteran. Maybe they will. We'll see what happens when camp ends. But I don't think it's a terrible bet if you put a little bit on there. But
0: I won't disagree with you there, and I, you know what, man, I just up my bet, man. You want the Giants? I give you plus twenty five hundred. <laughs> I got the best number out there, y'all. No need to line shop. Giants twenty five hundred. holler at me, yeah. No, listen, skins are that's that to me is a way better. I mean, that's the mo- that's a value bet. I am not saying that it's
1: great value. Yes,
0: great value. This team, given how close they finished, yeah, exactly. And don't forget, let's not forget, y'all. They had Mark Sanchez play two and a half games for them. <laughs> They had Josh Johnson, who didn't play football. The dude had signed a contract with the AAF and backed out because he got a call from them. And he wound up playing two games. And playing well, yes. by the way. Yes.
1: I think that says a lot about Gruden and his coaching, though. They they, they got that guy playing. but go ahead. Man.
0: Their starting quarterback got hurt. Their backup quarterback got hurt. This team, you know, and they still seven wins. Their defense is legit. Their high draft pick, Darius Geis, hurt. They went. They called AP. This guy filled in. in the, yeah, yo, <laughs> this team was beaten up and they still fought. Okay, so plus twelve hundred is not bad value. And uh, I'd be remiss to say, you know, I root for this team slightly because I have. Someone that I know, um, one of my best friends, younger brother, is in the coaching staff. His name's is Kyshawn Jarrett. Shout out to him. Um, he coaches on the defensive side. So I have a little, you know, a little bias there. Of course. Um, it might that. just be on the defensive side that I root for them. And uh, unfortunately, this year, they play my Jets. So that'll be the one game I don't root for them. Um, but uh, I, I, I think there's some good value here. Yeah, You throw $10, you win 120 That's not bad at all. Um Next up, we're going to go to the, to the season win totals. Dallas Cowboys, over, under, nine wins. You like the over, you're getting even money, plus a hundo. You bet a hundo, you win a hundo. You like the under, it's going to be minus 120. Kev, how you feel about that?
1: Um, I like it so far. I don't mind that. I do think they it's going to be tough it, like to make that choice. This is not a division where I really want to bet the win totals. I might pick the division winner. Especially based on the value that Dallas is getting. Jeez, mm-hmm. I think I thought that's really good, really good value. But I don't know if I want to pick the the win total of anybody because I think they're gonna steal some from the others. I feel how I feel about the AFC South, about the NFC East. They, they, are, they get into really deep heated matches and the Eagles are a really good team. I think Dallas is a really good team. Aside from quarterback, I think the Redskins are a pretty good team. They gotta figure themselves out at receiver, though. They are very weak at receiver. But and we'll and like I said, we'll get into that overall but I'm probably gonna stay away I don't even know I can't even tell you whether they get over nine, man
0: okay and that's and that's fine and I think after you go if I after I go through these totals you might you're gonna stand still on that um, as far as me with that win total I like the plus money on the over nine um I think Dallas could get to 10 11 wins um I think they can get to 12 but it's gonna be it's gonna come down to number 21. If he's going to be there for week one, right? Um And
1: I want him signed before I take that. Yeah, but I need yeah. to know because if he's going to miss the first three games of the season, they're less likely to win those games. Absolutely, Alfred Morris, get out of my face! Mm-hmm. Not even there's no comparison, around Alfred Morris or any or anybody else in the league. He led the league in rushing last year. Let's let's keep it real. Ezekiel yeah. Elliott is the man.
0: The, the other boy that's getting some love there for Dallas is Tony Pollard. That's the other running back there. Um but like you said, man, I think the value lies in a division winner. Will I take plus 135 to win the division on the Cowboys? Absolutely. But the win total, that scares me because they could land right on nine and it could be two nine and seven teams. And maybe, you know, it comes down to a split points. Right. Uh, I don't know how that goes. And I said in a previous episode, this is the NFC East. You can win this division with nine wins. Right. You know what I mean? And, and then
1: we'll give you, and then Vince likes to give us the schedule, usually when we break down some of those teams. So that might help you out. Oh, yeah. Because maybe a schedule might make you lean one way or the other when it comes to win totals. Who ha- who has a, um, a better outside of their division schedule? Maybe one's weaker than the other. So that might help you guys make your decision.
0: And um, I have an angle, uh, a, a nice betting angle for uh, you G-Men fans out there that I'll get to as well. Next up, Philadelphia Eagles over, under, Nine and a half wins. If you like the over, this is ridiculous. You got to lay 170. Minus 170 to go over nine and a half wins. If you like the under, you're getting plus 145. I'm going to tell you guys something right now. When I saw this number, it jumped out to me. I already did some line shopping. On On another offshore online sportsbook, they have the Eagles over under win total at 10 the juice has been reduced to minus 140 instead of minus 170. So that's what I tell you guys to do some line shopping out there. I'm telling you right now, I ain't touching these Eagles win total. Um, because the, the juice is just, it's just, it's just off. And it's, the
1: competition's too high. Yeah. They will, they compete. This is the NFC East. No matter what anybody thinks about it, they're like they always got to get B10 and six. So I was only, they don't really have that. You know, they haven't been that 13 and three team since T.O. was there and things like that. I get that. But the competition is high in this division, man. So that, 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 that scares me, it scares me.
0: Next up G-Men over under six wins. If you like the over, you're going to get plus money at plus 125. If you like the under, you're going to have to lay a little bit, minus 150. What do you like, Kev? Um...
1: I'm staying away from them too, you okay. know, because if those boys come back, maybe they pull off a couple. Because I, I do like Sterling Shepard, I do like Golden Tate, I like I like their receiving core. I had zero problem with their receiving core before they all got hurt. Okay, so we have to, I, we're gonna have to take that into account. Golden Tate doesn't come back till Week Five. We'll see where Sterling's at. He's talk, he's talking all the stuff, all the right things, but he says when he pushes himself, there's some pain. I can't depend on that, which allows you to just focus on Ingram and Saquon. So if that's the if that's the case, Saquon's still going to be great. He's still going to have a wonderful year. Um, But he's not going to be enough to equal W's because he is the sole focus.
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm going to have to check your uh, gallon of water there. Make sure you ain't got vodka in there because that Giants receiving core is scary, especially now that they're all banged up. So uh, I don't see eye to eye with you there. Uh, I do like Golden Tate. I, I do like that you didn't boy. You like
1: Sterling Shepard? You know I'm I'm
0: not a fan. No, I, 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 listen. I, like I I don't not like Sterling Shepard, but I don't like him as the number one wide receiver. Okay. And I'm going to tell you right now that we're going to get into this a lot throughout the next couple of divisions, but when you are the number one guy, you are getting the number one defensive back on you. And I don't know if Sterling Shepard could handle that pressure. And I don't know if Golden Tate is going to be that number one guy either, especially now that he's missing four games out of the year. And uh, you know we're not going to get too much into that, but uh, aside from that, I mean Co- uh, Cody Latimer, Benny Fowler, I don't know, man. No but uh, I- I'm not I'm not messing with this this win total either. Uh, I don't like the juice on the under, although I-, I I could see them going five and eleven. But the Giants, they can surprise you. I sometimes I don't know how they win games, and yep. uh, I feel like there's a a, a little bit of magic. You know, with this team, sometimes, uh, you know, they, they've won Super Bowls on helmet catches and Mario Manningham tiptoeing on the sideline. This team's got a little bit of magic. And, and you're going
1: to think I'm crazy, but partly it's because of Eli Manning.
0: No, no, no. I don't think you're crazy. Right. I respect Eli. He does. Uh, a when lot I d-
1: tell you his line staff from 2018, you're going to be
0: like, really? Cool. I can't wait to hear because I, I, I think a lot of people um poo-poo on Peyton. Uh, excuse me, Peyton. <laughs> Look at that. He'll, he'll be offended by that. Yeah. <laughs> they poo-poo on Eli Manning and uh, I don't know why because I would I would like to have this guy in the green and white for his career Um, but we spent too much time on them boys skins over under six wins if you like the over you have to lay minus 120 if you like the under you're going to get even money you touching that one kev i wouldn't kind of mind me over but as long as keenum is
1: starting if they start keenum i might take that over but i also can't guarantee that keenum is going to stay there all year depends on how good they are where they're at what what choice are they going to make at quarterback really what is what it comes down to for me because i do like the only part of their team that i really don't like other than them not making a choice on quarterback is receiver they're it's a rough it's like a it's like a desert out there like is this what you're going
0: in with? Yeah, oh, I I actually have a – when we get to breaking down uh, the Redskins receiving core, I didn't – I was like, who is this? I thought it was Jake from State Farm. Like yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I think that team's going to be very good on the defensive side. And I'm not being biased because I know somebody that coaches on the defensive side. It's because it, it, it's 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 there. It's proven. Right. Ryan Carrigan.
1: Um, you have Ryan Carrigan. You have Josh Norman. You sign Landon Collins from the Giants. Are you kidding me? They got they got players. Yeah.
0: Man. Um, I like the over, uh, but I could see it landing on the six and getting a push. Um, but I don't like laying minus 120 on the over. Um, I don't know if I'm going to find myself laying any kind of bet on the win totals in this division. So we agree there. But Kev, let's what move do we in. have from last year for this division? And let's get the deep dive.
1: The deep dive. So we're going to start with the Giants. Um, they were five and eleven last year. Eli Manning. 4,299 yards, 21 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, QBR, 40, uh, 49.1. That's kind of where he, he wasn't so great. But those first two stats right there, man, he had four, he almost had 4,300 yards, man. He was one yard away, 21 touchdowns. He has a two-to-one touchdown touchdown to interception ratio, so that's really not that bad. And, of course, the Adonis, the man, to, uh, Saquon Barkley, 261 attempts. Uh, 1,307 yards, 11 touchdowns, 5 yards per carry, 91 receptions, 721 yards, averaging 7.9 per catch and 4 touchdowns for a total of 15 touchdowns on the year. The guy's a monster. He's going to be a monster for the next however long his body allows him to be. Ingram, whose value is up, ticking up, up, up. Make sure he is up on your tight end list, ladies and gentlemen. 45 receptions, 577 yards, 12.8 point 12.8 yards average, 3 touchdowns. And he was hurt a little bit last year where Red Ellison came in and he was actually really good, really good backup for him. Uh, he gets down the field, make sure he's on your list. And then Sterling Shepard. This is why I was a little I was feeling good about him, but he also had Odell last year protecting him so he got that that number 2 receiver role, but he has 66 catches, 872 yards, four touchdowns, 13.2 average. But his thumb, but he does have a broken thumb now, but he believes he'll be back in time to play for the start of the season. But when he pushes it, I don't know, man. He said he still has some pain. Things are going on. And then last year, the Giants lost Landon Collins and they lost Olivier Vernon from their defense. So that's the overall view of the team, the highlights. Um, how are you feeling about the Giants? Um,
0: I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I I, I, I I mean, you can't not like Shaquan. This guy is a, is a talent. Um, Shaquam joined Eric Dickerson and Edron James as the third player in NFL history to surpass 2,000 yards from scrimmage in his rookie season. You can't deny this guy, uh, is, is something special. Um, sure. I, I was hoping the Jets landed him because he, his dad grew up a Jet fan. Um, and, and I, 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 how could you not want this guy on your team? Absolutely, I just don't know the Giants' plan. Um, I told you guys I was high on Daniel Jones, I was high on Daniel Jones from the draft you know, a lot of Giants fans hit me up, Um, they know, I guess they know, at least I think they know that I know something about football, so um, I did express to you, Kev, I have a ticket, I have it saved, I I will post it on the, on our page, on the First Pick Pod page, from uh, their, the Duke Blue Devils bowl game against the Temple Owls, getting three and a half, I took him with the points, and I took him on the money line because I was that confident in Daniel Jones. And if
1: you're a real Giants fan, you know Daniel Jones was playing for Duke in college.
0: No other Duke player was drafted this year. Not one. In fact, there hasn't been a Duke player drafted since 2015. And those two guys were Lincoln Tomlinson and Jamison Crowder. The point I'm making here is Daniel Jones wasn't surrounded by NFL talent. Right. That means this guy has a high ceiling. If he was drafted that high and they're playing with guys that probably won't even make a practice squad, and that's no discredit to any Duke player because respects to making any college D1 team but this guy wasn't surrounded by NFL talent and he still made it happen.
1: That means he also probably made his teammates better. I would assume. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Um, do I think he's ready for NFL this year? No, do we, I, we might see him if the giants are looking real bad towards the end of the year, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's the case, but, um, maybe the following year he'll have some growing pains. And by 2021, 2022, people are going to know Daniel Jones is the real deal. My opinion. I hope it works out. Um, as far as Shaquan, there, there's nothing really to say. This guy's amazing, and um, and fantasy, you know, he's going one or two. You right. know, um, as far as a redraft league, I don't know. It's scary because I worry about where this team is going to be at the end of the year, and with a running back getting high mileage. I don't know, man. I start thinking like baseball terms and it might shut this guy down.
1: This scares me, man. I mean, I'm scared for Saquon given the way the team looks right now and how Dave Gettleman and Pat Sherman want to play football. They want to pound the football. They they want to go straight 1990s, Emmett Smith 30 times a game, Ladanian Thompson coming into the 2000, 30 times a game. They're, they are looking for that kind of offense and that scares me for Saquon. I, I, I just don't, I, I root for him. I, I can't, I want to see his greatness. I'm a big fan of his I watched him at Penn State he made me watch college football not that I don't but he like I was making it to the television to watch Penn State because he was there so um, we'll see we will see
0: yeah I I mean there's nothing you can't say about this guy being a great football player I just don't know the Giants game plan and if you pound this guy to the dirt now in two years when your quarterback's ready and maybe you have a better receiving core where is Evan Ingle going to be at in his career and at that point in time where is Shaquan going to be with two, three years left? I mean, two, three years of tread on him. You know what I'm saying? He's going to have some mileage. And we know running backs don't have a big, long lifespan in the NFL. They have a few-year gap where they burst, they're dominant, and then it kind of goes on the down slope. Some guys are able to have flashes towards the end of their career, but it's very few and far between. So where is this team going to be in three years and and the mileage on Shaquan at that point in time? But in a redraft league I, I don't know. I mean, you not, you can't pass up on him. He's going one, two, possibly three. If the volume's going to be there. Yeah, possibly three if you're playing in a league at a bar and everybody's taking shots. I don't know how he gets to three four five. Um And if you're playing in a keeper, a dynasty, yeah, I'm taking him one. There's no doubt about that because Absolutely. in the years to come, he's going to be even better. But I just don't know from a Giants fan standpoint what the game plan is. You got a win now running back with a – wait and see rest of the team right um they did make some some moves in you know in the draft this year they had three number one picks they got the boy Dexter Lawrence from Clemson he tackles 6'4 340 pounds monster this dude's a baller <laughs> He's a I baller. mean uh national championship this guy's gonna this guy's gonna anchor that defensive line and uh, I'm excited they need that they need that they need a guy to get in Carson's face they need a guy to get in Dak's face and whoever's playing quarterback for the skins.
1: And I was watching that. I was watching that national championship game on my honeymoon on a 220 inch television. And he was, he was one of the reasons why they physically beat the crap out of Alabama in that game. I look forward to watching him play.
0: Yeah, man. And, uh, they got the boy Deandre Baker from Georgia. Y'all know I'm a little sec bias. That boy could ball. Um, they, they bolstered up the, you know, the defensive backs, um, Julian love in the fourth round from Notre Dame. And then, uh, i like this kid a lot man he's been making a little a couple headlines Corey ballantyne at a washburn um six foot 200 pound db drafted him in the sixth round um he's making some headlines out there uh they i, I saw him make some plays the other night so uh, they they got some defensive things going here man but um i don't know this lineup tough they open up every year at dallas Uh, I say they open up every year at Dallas, but they open up every year playing against Dallas. Um, Then week two, they got the Bills. Then they're going to Tampa. Then they got the Skins at home, Minnesota at home, them boys in New England. And then October 20th, they get their first cupcake against Arizona. And then they play the Detroit Kitty Cats October 27th. Um, Listen, this lineup is tough. I don't know. I don't know where this this team's gonna go in the beginning. And Why would you leave
1: my Packers out? I'm going to that Packers Giants game December first.
0: Oh, you got it's a long way from that. Bro. <laughs> I'm just messing. You with might not even get. You I, might not I, even I'll get. Be there, yeah, you might not even get Shaquan by then. You <laughs> might, might. They might be holding him out till uh, 2020 season, and that's what I, I'm afraid of, man. If this team is, they three, won't sit him down. They won't do that, listen, man. And he,
1: there's no way he wants to do that. I, I understand that, but choice. but
0: that that's the thing, you know, in baseball when you have a great pitcher and your team is out of it, you shut them down because you don't want to lose that arm strength why would they not do that when they're three and ten and they have three meaningless games at the end of the year. Why would they not shut down their franchise running back? I just don't see it. Sure, he's going to want to play. So would anybody. Right. But at the end of the day, do you want this guy for those three games? What if he breaks his leg, tears his ACL, tears his Achilles? Yeah. You know, we don't want that. I don't want that as a football fan. And then he's missing the entire next year? I don't know. And that scares me for fantasy mainly. Um Stat that stuck out to me, y'all. And this is something I'm putting out there for you guys, for you betters, something to keep your eye on. The Giants are 4-11 and ATS, again, that means against the spread, at Jet Life Stadium, not MetLife. It's called Jet Life Stadium. The <laughs> last <laughs> two Giant seasons. Giants fans ain't
1: going to like that. I don't care.
0: <laughs> so again, 4-11 and ATS at Jet Life Stadium, the last two seasons, and are minus three Week two, which is their home opener to the Buffalo Bills. Now, the reason I say that is because the Bills open their season on the road week week one against my New York Jets, which essentially means the Bills are playing back to back games at Jet Life Stadium. The Bills are underrated,
1: by the way. I can't yes, wait they to are. Talk
0: about so that's another thing, too. Um, this, the Bills are getting pretty much a, a two game quote unquote" quote homestand they're in New York so they're going to get attract some fans there you might even get some fans that do a double header right. I know if I was a you know a, a Bills fan I'm like wow I get the Jets and the Giants and I can stay in a hotel for one week maybe explore Manhattan check out the FanDuel Sportsbook again not a sponsor um, <laughs> so you know I don't know, man. The fans are going to be there. The Giants got a tough, you know, opening at Dallas. Then they come home to a team that's already been hanging out there. Um, again, I don't want to leave this out. I got that from Spread Investor on Twitter. Um I I don't know that person personally, but they give out some good trends. So that's something to keep your eye on out there, Giants fans.
1: And then also just make sure Ingram is high on your tight end list. That's really it. As far as fantasy relevance, I'm only sticking with Saquon. Uh, You know, it depends on where I fall within the draft. If I get the first few picks, of course he's going to be on my list, but I'm not going to be upset if I don't, because there's McCaffrey, there's Le'Veon, there's Zeke. There's some guys that I, I, I feel like there's a group of guys. If I get one of them on my squad, I'm more than happy. Um,
0: that's it yeah Evan Ingram's gonna be a guy you gotta you, you gotta have look to. out for yeah especially tight ends they're they're scarce and uh you know beginning in the beginning of the year Evan Ingram might have a you know a big a big impact especially with this uh, depleted receiving core and uh, you know listen y'all you know you gotta put your thinking caps on like we said before fantasy football game has changed You know, you could draft Evan Ingram, have him ball out those first four games, and you might catch somebody who doesn't pay attention and be like, wow, this guy's balling, but doesn't realize that Golden Tate's coming back. Sterling Shepard's getting healthy. Maybe Benny Fowler and Cody Latimer are getting a little bit of a groove. Maybe they have another guy that we don't know about. Um, They they had drafted a, a wide receiver out of Auburn, Darius Slayton. Maybe this kid comes around. So, those guys start getting clicking, and that means the love from Evan Ingram starts to slow down a little bit. So, maybe, maybe you could send them off packing, and you get back a nice return. You know, you got to think ahead in fantasy football, y'all. For sure. Next up, we're going to the Redskins. So, like Kevin said, before he even gets into it, first thing I want to say is, Kev, What's up with this receiving core, bro? Terrible. Like, that's really all I can say. I put in my notes, I have
1: receiver with a bunch of question marks. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, what are they going to do? But let me start. Um, I'm just going to give you Dwayne Haskins because that's the big. that was the big pick. He's the yeah. quarterback. And just he had 4,800 yards last year. This is at Ohio State. 9.1 average, 50 touchdowns. Um, so he had a very good year at Ohio State. They were a very good team. Also... Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, and Alex Smith are on that staff. Alex Smith, uh, just a few months ago, two months ago, was talking about how he's just happy that he can walk now. That's that crazy, he can man. run a little bit Go with his him, children. Man. I felt so bad. That is a crazy, crazy injury. That he, Basically, his ankle fell apart. Like, in half. Like, everything cracked. So, he's just getting back to walking. So, it's either going to be Dwayne Haskins or it's going to be Case Keenum for now. And they paid him a lot of money. So, we'll see what comes out of that. Adrian Peterson, 251 attempts. 1,042 yards, 4.2 a carry, seven touchdowns. He's a freak. He also hurts my heart because he's in some really deep money issues. I feel so bad for him. He wasn't through from him being ridiculous with his money and things like that. Supposedly, he invested with the wrong people, and they took him for a lot, a lot of money, for millions. So uh, I think he wants to be playing. He's ready to play, and I think he needs to. Jordan Reed. 54 receptions, 558 yards, 10.3 average, two touchdowns. He's the leader in targets and catches on the team. He's going to be, again, um, you have to keep him on your list. I understand. He never stays healthy. He's never on the field for a full season. I get it. The value is so high. The volume is going to be so high that you're going to have to have him. Keep him on your tight end list for fantasy. Receivers, Paul Richardson only played seven games last year. Uh, Their best receiver was Josh Doxon at 44 receptions, 532 yards, and two touchdowns. Other than that, the only other person on that team that you might know is Brandon Quick from, (laughs) I think he was with the Rams when he first came into the league. But at receiver, man, they are hurt. They are, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, Josh Norman had three picks. They added Landon Collins and Dominique Rogers camardi Uh, Ryan Carrigan, great linebacker for them, 13 sacks. Um, and also their defensive end, Jonathan Allen, has 61 tackles and eight sacks. I don't know what they're going to do at receiver. Overall, though, I do think they're a decent team.
0: Uh, aside from the defensive side, man, this offense is putrid. Um, there's a age-old saying out there, and if you don't know it, if you've never heard it before, you ain't been watching football long enough. You know what that is, Kev? If you got two quarterbacks— you got no quarterback. <laughs> um, we're going to see a quarterback controversy here. You don't draft a kid 15th overall in the first round and not have him play. Right. Not in this day's, not in 2019's NFL. And I feel bad for Case Keenum. I think this dude gets a bad rap. You know, um, this dude, Case Keenum, threw nine touchdowns in college. That's a that's an NCAA record 90? in one game. Nine uh, touchdowns nine in one, one game. game. Okay, yes. now listen. I don't care if you went to Houston. I don't care about that. Nine touchdowns in one game. Mark Sanchez threw twelve touchdowns his rookie year, the whole year. All right, and that's my boy. Okay, so um, listen, man, I like Case. I think he gets a bad rap, and I think he he's gonna start the year out. And when they struggle, which they're gonna struggle, they they open up the season at Philly. They go then they then they get home to Dallas. Then they got the Bears coming in at the Giants the Patriots, the Dolphins, 49ers. I oh, mean. I've only heard two
1: wins so far.
0: Well, I don't know what you're seeing because uh, uh, I don't know.
1: Dolphins?
0: I, no, Dolphins. Wait till we get to them. Right. And that's not going to be AFC oh, East 5, right. you Don't, don't
1: y'all. get a W there.
0: Yeah, well, that's maybe one. Uh, Giants is going to be a fist fight. You know, two bottom teams there. New England's going to smoke them. Bears, I think. The Bears are gonna get them. The Bears are legit. Yeah, Dallas will beat them. Uh, Eagles will win. So I don't know what you're seeing, but uh I'm seeing 0-3 start. Maybe they could beat the Giants. Uh, then that then they're gonna lose to New England. So what are they one and four? And then they beat Miami two and four. That's I mean, it's not atrocious, but at some point in them three, four game stretch, Case Keenum's getting pulled and they're gonna want to see Dwayne Haskins. I don't feel I feel bad for for Case, but that's what's gonna happen. Um, as far as the running backs here, man, I root for Darius Geis. I hope he comes back well. But fantasy relevance, this is like a shoulder shrugger, man. Because what are you going to do with Darius Geis? You draft him. If he doesn't come back right, you're hearing all kinds of things. He looks good. You know, is he ready? I don't know. AP, can he perform the same way he did last year? Is he going to get the same amount of carries? Christian Thompson. This guy's a PPR monster. Can't stay on the field, though. Exactly. But listen, first of all, I digress for a second. If you ain't playing PPR in 2019, I don't know what kind of league you're A
1: half-point league makes me want to fist fight.
0: That's even... Like,
1: what? You lower the value of players without PPR. There's so many guys. We talked about Adam Humphreys. He is a PPR guy. He's not a touchdown guy. Don't limit your leagues by making them half-points.
0: The, that and then that's just an overall outlook on fantasy football. But if you ain't playing PPR, I don't know, y'all. Take the training wheels off. And uh I don't I, I guess you're playing in the fisher price league. And then you got they they drafted in the fourth round Bryce Love from Stanford. Uh this kid could like, play. He's good. He had a, don't he's get me wrong, stuff. he had a down year last year in college. He was up for a Heisman the, the year prior. Right. You know what I mean? But uh, you know, sometimes I worry I I, don't, I, I take uh, different opinions on that down year in college because you know, maybe he was just kind of easing off the gas pedal because he knows he's going to get drafted. Right? You don't want to get hurt. The Stanford Cardinal ain't going nowhere that year. You know, they were oh, and they play- graduated
1: a lot of seniors. Yeah, there's, Yeah, there's they're, a lot they're lot playing for
0: things. the uh, Alameda, Mako, you know, <laughs> Doritos Bowl or something like that. So they don't really care about that stuff. You know what I mean? Again, that's not a sponsor. So anyway, um, I don't know about this running back core, man. If there's one of these guys sitting around late, I- I'll take a stab at him. But I ain't pulling. I ain't pulling for none of these guys. Even Darius guys who I'm high on, I think he could have a big year. I'm not rolling the dice on that dude. Um, the only
1: person I roll the dice on is Jordan
0: Reed. The go. volume's going to be there. He's going to lead in targets, things like
1: that. It all depends because I like to have two tight ends on my squad. So if I can get it as my second guy, I would absolutely love that. I, I don't want him to be my first tight end. That's not my goal. But he like he's going to get. He's gonna get them. He's gonna be there.
0: Okay. Well, you know. You could take Jordan Reed. Let me see that, that gallon jug there because you you got to have vodka in that thing. Dude's 29 years old, okay? Since 2014, 11 games. 2015, 14 games. 2016, 12 games. 2017, 6 games. 2018, 13 games. Kev says he wants two tight ends. You're getting one tight end and a quarter of a tight end with Jordan Reed. I don't care if this guy is the last pick. I don't want nothing to do with him.
1: That's crazy. Because I find that crazy, though, because you have to, when resources are low, you you can't be picky. That's just at the end of the day. Resources are always going to be low at tight end in this I, league until some of these young kids come up. Maybe Evan Ingram becomes a top guy. You know, we, we don't know what the next, the next flow of tight ends is going to be. Right now, there's a big resu- reshuffle with Gronk leaving. Who is going to come into that top tier behind Kelsey? behind Ertz and behind Kittle, maybe Jimmy Graham. You know, I don't know if you want to keep him in that league after the year he had last year, but uh, services are limited at tight end.
0: I hear what you're saying, man, and I agree with that statement as far as services being limited at tight end, but I'm not messing with Jordan Reed. I never have, and I never will. He had one good year. In 2015, when he played 14 games, he had 11 touchdowns, and he averaged 68 yards per game. Let me tell you something. Since then, the most touchdowns Jordan Reed had in one year was six. Okay, ever since then, it's been two and two, and that's it. And this guy, he won't eclipse more than five or six touchdowns this year. That's even if he could play that many games. Um, I'm I'm not messing with Jordan Reed. Now, listen, a DFS lineup, that's a different story favorable matchup is he healthy because you know this guy's always got the q next to his right. name there for questionable so that's a different story i might plug him in um depending on a team that he's playing um last year the wide receivers and tight ends on this team had no more than two touchdowns let me repeat that y'all the wide receivers and tight ends the entire year had no more than two touchdowns not one guy on this team had more than two touchdown receptions yes They had a plethora of different, maybe terrible quarterbacks playing for them. Aside from Alex Smith, because I respect that dude. But this wide receiving core, not messing with it. Quarterback, not messing with it. Running back, not messing with it. And tight end, not messing with it. I don't want nothing to do with this team on the offensive side. Fantasy relevance on the offensive side to me is next to nothing. Now this defense, I will take them any day. I'm
1: with you. And also, tight end position, if you can get him as your second receiver or your second tight end, I would definitely take him. And you know what I missed out on? The team stats for the Giants. That's all good. I didn't give you those. So, but for the Redskins, let me give you a little bit of where they where they were last year on offense and defense. They were 28th in pass yards, 17th in rush yards, 29th in points per game. So, that just goes to what Vince just said about the team. Defensively, they were 15th in pass yards, 17th in defensive yards. Uh, I mean, in rush yards and points per game, they were 15th with 22 points per game. So they're not a very good team overall. They still won seven games last year, though, despite some of those statistics that you see there. Uh, Yeah, they now the defense is fun. The defense is right in the middle of the pack 15, 17, and 17 in pass yards, rush yards, and points per game. They were 10th in total turnovers, which says a lot to what Vince is saying. They were 9th in interceptions with 15, 7th in sacks with 46. And their overall turnover differential was eight, eighth with seven. So what Vince is saying is pretty legit. That's a defense you're going to want. They're in the top 10 in every category when it comes to, to turnovers, sacks, and interceptions.
0: And sometimes, y'all, you know, again, we said this before. Kevin looks at the statistics. I don't need none of that because I got my eyeballs, and I could tell. And <laughs> five years ago, I had LASIK surgery, so my eyes work good. This offense is scary. Um, I will say one- Small thing, maybe one and a half, two. Keep an eye on Trey Quinn. This is a—he's like an Adam Humphreys, small wide receiver plays the slot. And they did draft in the third round Terry McLaurin out of Ohio State. Um, if any—if any player on this team has any upside, it's him. But I ain't drafting him. He's somebody I keep my eye on. If it, the season progresses and I see some upside develop. I might snag them on the waiver wire. Okay. That's all I got for the skins.
1: And then also one more thing, just to add to you taking the the Redskins defense, in red zone defense, they're eighth at 51.9% of the time that they'll stop a team from scoring. So you have a 50-50 shot. Uh, (laughs) You have a 50-50 shot. And just to give you a little uh, overview, the best team in the league was Buffalo, uh, Houston, and Tampa. Tampa was 77%. Uh, Houston was 71% and Buffalo was 70%. And that means that's really bad. So they're much better than those teams. They were eighth. So they're pretty good at keeping people out of the end zone when, once they're in the red zone.
0: Sounds good. Where are we going?
1: I know you guys will enjoy that. Carson Wentz. Only played 11 games last year. I thought I'd lead with that for him because that is the only thing, stopping him from being a top five quarterback in this league. If he can play regularly and he can play consistently, he is going to be phenomenal. 69.9% completion percentage, 3,074 yards, 7.4 yards uh, per throw, 21 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, wonderful ratio, 62.6 QBR, 102 QB rating. Nate Sudfell, who is the backup, which is also going to be a big conversation for Eagles fans because Nick Foles is now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He breaks his wrist against the Titans. That's not great news uh, for Eagles fans because... Carson Wentz, not, he's, he's not into
0: playing full seasons. Insert Clayton Thorson. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Who's Clayton Thorson? Clayton Thorson's their fifth round pick out of Northwestern. Okay. 6'4", 225. That boy better get ready because he might have to suit up and play.
1: And the best running back statistically was Josh Adams with 120 attempts for 511 yards, 4.3 average, and three touchdowns. But I did say earlier in the pod that four out of their five running backs all average 4.0 yards per run. How many running backs? Four out of five average 4.0 yards My per own. run. So they can put that's letting you know that they can put in any guy and they're going to get the product that they're looking for. So while that scares you in fantasy, That should make you feel good if you're an Eagles fan about winning, Mm -hmm. that they have weapons everywhere, whether it be Darren Sproles, whether it be Josh Adams, whether it be them picking up Howard from the Bears. There's a lot of different ways they can go in different styles of running backs that the Eagles can go back and forth to. And of course, they're flat out monster. He's I don't even know. He's an alien. He's in the alien category with with DeAndre Hopkins and some of the other Zach Ertz. 116 receptions, 1,163 yards, 10.0 yards average per catch, eight touchdowns, and shout out to my boy Ian for giving me this stat, but the Eagles ran 255 plays with two tight ends on the field in 2018. The next closest was two was 208, so make sure you keep Dallas Goddard, in your mind, when you're talk, thinking about fantasy, as a team that runs that much out of double tight sets, and then Alshon Jeffrey, their best receiver with 65 receptions, 843 yards, 13 yards per catch, six touchdowns, and they also, just to keep in mind, like I said, they added Josh Howard, they re, they signed Deshaun Jackson back to the team, DJX, and then they resigned Darren Sproles to a one year contract.
0: Yeah, I mean, this team's loaded. They got a lot of weapons. I just don't know who's going to get the ball. Right. You know, um, I'm high on Carson Wentz this year. Carson's going to be a quarterback that I could put my faith in as long as he stays healthy. I think the allotted time that he's had since his injury, he will be back this year. There's a loaded offense here. You have so many running backs. Um I, I do see uh, one of one, maybe two of these guys getting cut. Wendell Smallwood, Corey Clement, those might be the guys that don't make the cut. Although, I, uh, I liked Wendell Smallwood. I had him a few times last year, plugged him in, uh, streamed him, had him in DFS lineups, but I just don't see how, you know, with the rest of these guys, uh, Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, the, <laughs> the ever so elusive Darren Sproles, I don't know man. I don't know where where this who's gonna emerge as the one, and as far as like running backs and fantasy relevance, I'm going with the top two Jordan Howard Miles Sanders. I think Miles Sanders can emerge as the workhorse, but is he still gonna get the majority of the snaps with all these guys? you got too many flavors it's like Baskin Robbins, yes, not a sponsor. Yes, I agree you know. There's too much to choose from. I don't so.
1: like that, and I don't. I don't like that from a football standpoint. I don't like it from a fantasy standpoint. I like to have my one or two guys where I know I'm going. Where my, you know, where you have your thunder and your lightning. Back, back in the Ron Dane days, but I, I do like that idea. I hope they do kind of condense that, but I don't mm-hmm. think they will. I think they like to run it the way they do. It's effective, um, and they have they have weapons everywhere. Carson Wentz, his average, his ADP is 85. Okay, so Thank you. you know, so he's going probably what, yeah, probably what in the fourth, fifth,
0: give or fifth? take, yeah, and yeah. that's probably off an of average uh, twelve team league,
1: right, right. So, so
0: yeah, uh, Carson's a he's an asset, and I think he's going to be a, a he's he will give you a solid fantasy football year, and I don't think you can go wrong at that average position in that particular spot.
1: And right now, he's going as the eighth quarterback overall.
0: I could see that. That's uh, that's I think that's pretty accurate. Um, now listen. The wide receivers, Alshon. I had him last year. I want a chip.
1: The champ is here.
0: I have to remind y'all, Alshon's my boy. I've been on I've been on this dude since he played in South Carolina. I like this dude. He's definitely somebody I want on my team. Even with Djax back, I actually like it more. This Djax is going to stretch the field. Nelson Aguilar. I remember two years ago, Eagles fans, y'all were hating on this dude. I know he had a lot of off-the-field issues, but this guy's a gamer. I was high on Aguilar two years ago, and he balled out in those two those two years ago. This kid, he's good for PPR. He's going to be open in the slot with D-Jack stretching the field with the defense leaning towards Alshon. And this rookie, JJ Arcega Whiteside, this boy played good at Stanford. He could be a problem. Okay. This I don't. This offense is loaded, and and that's what that's what scares me. And I say scares me as a, as a fantasy owner. I don't know where to go. There's nothing to say about Zach Ertz. He's top top three, arguably number one tight end he's next to next to Kelsey and and Kittle at this point in time. Um, Zach Ertz is, is the dude. If you, he's going one two three, if I could get him, I'm I'm setting it and forgetting it. All right. I want him on my team tight end, take it. I don't want to think about it until the bye week.
1: Agreed. let me just give you a little bit of their offensive stats. They were seventh in passing. So we're very good at passing the football. And by the way, just a hot take. Alshon Jeffrey was better with Nick Foles than he was with,
0: I knew that. I knew that from last year. Carson Wentz
1: really likes that. He really likes the tight end position, so that's why they run the ball out of the double tight so much. He loves that. It's where Carson Wentz is comfortable, and Nick Foles was more comfortable getting the ball to Alshon Jeffrey. So you should trade him
0: to Jackson. That's probably
1: why you won because you saw an uptick in production towards the end of the season. I paid attention, my friend. Yep, yep, yep. And then they were 28th in rush yards and 18th in points per game. So the offense can improve, but they have the weapons to do it. We just told you why the the boys are there, and then defensively the Eagles ranked 30th in pass yards they gotta get better there rush yards they were 7th and they stopped I can't wait to tell you why I like just I love talking about large men in football I don't know what that says about me I don't know what you just thought with me saying that but I love it
0: bruh what the hell did you just say
1: they were 7th in rush yards with 96 yards a game, and then they were 12th in points per game, which is pretty good. So the defense is coming to play. And can I please tell you why? And hold on, let me give you total turnovers first. They were 22nd in total turnovers, 22nd uh, in interceptions, 8th in sacks with 44, which is very good. And turnover di- differential was 25th with six, so they can really get better there. But boy, do I love me some Fletcher Cox. Oh, my God, I told you, We, me and you spoke about the Saints. We talked about uh, the NFC South a few weeks ago on one of the earlier pods. And I told you, once you get to five sacks from the D-tackle position, you're good. Mm-hmm. Once we start talking about seven or eight, you're exceptional. Fletcher Cox had 10 and a half sacks from the D-tackle position. And that's what everybody knowing that he is as effective as Patrick Mahomes. He is as effective as... The best players your DeAndre Hopkins. All these running backs you think about defensively. And I know you Eagles fans know who Fletcher Cox is. I'm just trying to tell everybody else how dominant this man is. And and he talks trash to presidents. It was so funny. <laughs> Last year, George Bush went to a Dallas Cowboys game versus the Eagles. Okay, And, and Fletcher Cox says to George Bush Jr., uh, he says, I heard you're a Dallas fan. He's like, yeah, yeah, I kind of am. He's like, don't worry. We're going to get in that ass today. That's what he said to him, and I thought that if you look, awesome. look it
0: up, it was so yeah, funny. Yeah, that, that's that's great <laughs> that you say that to the. I would if I had money, I'd say that to the president too.
1: Oh boy, it was a great my broke, exchange. My broke fun. self
0: ain't saying nothing like that. I ain't getting. I ain't talking sideways. George to nobody. Bush
1: looked legitimately scared though. He kind of like scared, <laughs> skirted off really fast. It was funny. Um, they also have Brandon Graham, who has four sacks, and then I also need to mention this guy, Malcolm Jenkins, ninety-seven tackles. Time for team lead for the team lead. Eight passes defended, one interception. And when I was thinking about Malcolm Jenkins, he is the stabilizing agent to the Eagles defense. He, if they're having a rough time or they're having a rough stretch, Malcolm Jenkins can talk to the last guy on the bench and he can also approach Fletcher Cox. I don't think people understand how important that is into a locker room that you have a leader who can talk to your best defensive player. And your worst defensive player, and they're all going to listen equally.
0: That's major, yeah. And I know he gets a lot of respect around the league he's as well. He's just
1: good. He, he's always where he's supposed to be. He's a tackling machine. He makes sure everybody's in order. He is the quintessential leader on defense. He's wonderful. So I just wanted to make sure I mentioned those guys' names. Fletcher Cox is a monster. If you see him, he looks like a monster. Um, they're gonna. I think they're gonna be pretty good on defense. They can get better in some spots, and. With that pass rush, they can really protect the back end of that defense because they're a little iffy at corner.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you can't say enough about Fletcher Cox. I agree with you. Everything you said there, I would just be repeating you. That dude is—he's legit. Um, This team is going to have a tough schedule. When you are successful the year prior, you know, unless you're the New England Patriots, you don't get a cupcake schedule. Unless you're the New England Patriots, (laughs) I have to put that (laughs) out there. Hater? Uh, No, I'm not a hater. It it is what it is. Week one, they open up at home against Washington. Then they got to go fly down to ATL. Week three, they got the Detroit Kitty Cats. Week four, at the Frozen Tundra. Yep. Lambeau Field against Kevin's Packers. They're coming for us. is all uh, right. I I mean, this is a tough schedule aside from Detroit. Week six, at the New York Football Jets. Now, listen, I will tell y'all one thing. As a diehard Jet fan, I know my team. The Jets have been around since 1960. There's one team the Jets have never beaten in their existence, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. The Jets have played them 10 times since 1973, where 0-10 and the closest game was one point in 1973.
1: Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. know that. Okay.
0: So a lot of people don't know that. Um, I'm, I'm schooling the Eagles fans. Maybe I knew that and the Jet fans out there. So uh, when I hear stuff like that, I don't like it. You know what I mean? Um, we play them every year in preseason, but that don't matter. Uh, every year we play them in a regular season. The Jets have never beat them. So that's always a scary game for me. Uh, I like the fact that it's in Philly because um, I, I, I would potentially go to that game. Um, I've okay. never seen a professional game at Lincoln Financial Field. I used to go there all the time to watch my boy, Leon, who played at Temple. Shout out to my boy. So I've I've been to the link a bunch of times, but I used to watch my boy, Leon, chase around Julian Edelman at at Temple State. So, um, yeah, this team's got a tough schedule. Then they go on a three-game road stretch in October at Minnesota, at Dallas, at Buffalo, come home for the Bears, and uh, then they got their bye week, week 10. After the bye, they play New England, this team's got a rough road, man. They do. It but, sounds um, pretty tough there. So we're going to see what they're made of. For um, sure.
1: And I think they have the squad to do it. They're going to have some tough ones. And it's going to be, you know, people say it sounds corny, but football literally is a game of inches. It, 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 like, it's a game of acquiring very small amounts of real estate. <laughs> and it, it, that's what's going to come down to them, especially with the schedule that you're telling me that they have. It's going to be a rough one. And that also makes me want to stay away from the win totals that we talked about earlier, given uh, the tough road that they have ahead and that makes i think that makes dallas a better a better um a pick for the division winner just on value
0: completely agree there y'all we're gonna move on but before we do y'all know me by now i respect the game keep an eye on jake elliott if you don't know who he is that's the kicker y'all that's the kicker <laughs> he's always in the kicking right. game right i <laughs> always am in the kicking game because you it's a forgotten art okay they are crucial I like Jake Elliott. This kid can handle the pressure. He could kick outside when it gets cold in Philly. And uh, you got those dudes throwing snowballs at Santa Claus out there. They'll be ripping their kicker. <laughs> but uh, I like Jake Elliott. Next up, Big Dallas Cowboys, America's team. What do we got? What do we got? We got Dak
1: Prescott last year, 67.7 completion percentage, 3,885 yards, 74 yards per throw, 22 touchdowns. I left out the interceptions. I Oh, eight interceptions. I apologize. 56.2 QBR and a QB rating of 96.6. Of course, Zeke the most important part of the Dallas Cowboys. I hope you Dallas fans would agree with me. I hope y'all not saying sign Dak and leave Zeke out. I hope you're not crazy.
0: Nah, they talking about Jason Witten. Uh, Jason Jason Witten. Right. Jason yeah. Witten is the most important piece on the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Jason right? Jason
1: was playing football when Jesus woke up after three days. Man, my man, it's almost time for him to. It's almost time for him to hit the road. Three hundred four attempts for Zeke, fourteen hundred yards. Average 4.7 per carry. Almost five. The dude is a monster. Six touchdowns, 77 receptions, 567 yards, seven point yard, 7.4 yards per catch, three touchdowns for a total of nine touchdowns. So you want more TDs out of him, but that's all right. And then Amari Cooper comes in halfway through the season, 53 receptions, 725 yards, 13.7 yards per catch, and then six touchdowns. So this team is in my opinion also loaded. I think they're a very good football team. I like the Giants a lot. I I think there's a I think they they have a lot uh or a lot to offer. What are your thoughts on them?
0: So, I in I'm in agreement with you uh if I, I told you um I already got a little something on them to win the division. Um I I like I I like this team a lot, but it all depends on Zeke. I mean, if if Dallas has known, I don't know the particular year, um but they did have a contract issue with Emmett Smith in the past. He missed the first two games. Then I think Jerry opened his wallet and decided to pay him. If he was the owner at that time, I'm sure he was. I don't really know the details on that. Um, but I know that they have a, a, a history of playing hardball. They better not do it with Zeke because that-, that will be crucial. This is a division you can't afford to lose two games, three games, whatever it is, um, and they start off – Against the Giants and and that at Washington, two divisional games. Those are major. They can, you know, they start off two and zero without Zeke. That's that's scary. Right. But I don't see the same leverage that I would say the L.A. Chargers have with Gordon because they have Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. They got old crusty Alfred Morris and <laughs> Tony Pollard, a rookie. This kid played at Memphis last year. That's not. They're not playing world beaters out there in Memphis, right? Okay, in the uh, AAC, I believe. Um, they everything relies on 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 Zeke on this team being, you know, good down the line
1: and still being a, a playoff team for a second year in a row.
0: Absolutely, I think Amari Cooper and Dak found a groove. I, I think Amari is a top wide receiver, and um, bringing in a veteran like Randall Cobb. I think Michael Gallup now is his second year in the league. He could develop a little bit more. They are the
1: reason why. He is the reason why they let go of Cole
0: Beasley. I, I and I, I understand so. I, Gallup was high last year. I just think that you know sometimes the big lights for a rookie it stunts their growth, so to say, or you know freezes them. But I think that there's no there's not going to be a sophomore slump for Michael Gallup. I'm high on Gallup. I'm high on Amari Cooper, Randall Cobb. I ain't messing with him Um, as far as fantasy relevance uh Tavon Austin he's a Swiss army knife they're going to include him in the offense is he a fantasy asset I don't think so and then um I'm interested to see what Jason Witten brings he's definitely going to be better on the field than he was in the booth because that was atrocious terrible Uh, and um I think that especially
1: following John Gruden I thought he was great yeah but well
0: (laughs) you know this uh I like Witten as a person I think he's a you know he's going to go down as one of the great tight ends to play the game. He's solid, fantasy relevance. I don't know, late, 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 late round guy. I'm taking maybe. I don't even um, want Jason. Well, and- you could do that, but I, I, I like. I know that he's the safety blanket for Dak. He has that locker room respect. You know what I mean? This guy has respect amongst the fans. So um, he's a guy I'll take as my second tight end, possibly. Um, but uh this this offense is loaded, but a lot revolves around what's gonna happen with Zeke. And um as far as Dak Prescott goes, fantasy relevance, I like him. Uh I would even roll into my season as him as my number one quarterback. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I would that's but, a hot
1: take because I don't feel that way. I mean, right? That's I, a good one. Go and that's
0: and that's cool. You know what I mean? I think that this guy has it figured out. He has a tough division. The Eagles defense is tough, the skins defense is tough. The Giants' defense is young. I'm not saying they're not good, but they're young. They can be exploited. They got Miami week three. I'm in love with that because they're going to smoke them. Um, They got to play New Orleans. Their defense isn't the greatest. I think that's going to be a shootout. They got your boys, the Green Bay Packers, October 6th. They got my Jets. I can't really comment on that game because I'm hoping we get the dub over there. Um, They got a tough schedule, though. But uh, I'm high on Dak Prescott, and when I say I go into my fantasy season as my number one quarterback, don't get me twisted. I got a number two in the in the chamber, so to say. I would have a decent number two quarterback. I'm either going with a high quarterback as my number one, and then I'm going low end number two, or I'm going to go with two close quarterbacks there, okay. even, though, even though I have the saying in my head, you got two quarterbacks, you got none. But I'm hoping... With this first three games lineup that he's got here, the Giants and Washington and Miami, I could take Dak Prescott and possibly move him because he's going to lo- he's going to blow up on Miami. Right. That team is going to be atrocious this year. We'll get to that. That's not AFC East bias, y'all. Open your eyes. They're just Look, not that good. We're not going to go too crazy on the AFC East. That'll be next episode. But that team, he's going to beat them up. That's a DFS lineup waiting to happen. I'm, I'm loading Dak in there everywhere. And if I could grab him in my draft – Those first three games, Giants, Redskins, Dolphins. Dak is looking at an impressive first three games, and maybe you move him and get maybe an upgrade somewhere else. Again, if you have... A number two quarterback in the chamber ready to go how you feeling
1: and let me just add some insights so michael gallup had 33 receptions last year 507 yards two touchdowns fifteen point five yards per catch that's really good guys and that's the reason why like when you have a guy who's a young guy you want to when you have a young guy coming into the league and you're thinking about fantasy and projecting for the next year what did he do if he had limited amount of touches 15 yards per catch is a lot of yards mm-hmm. per catch mm-hmm. with limited input or limited touches in the league. So keep that in mind. And just so you know, the the Jerry Jones has made an offer to all three players so far. And they have not taken it. Uh, so there has been an offer put in. There have been conversations. This is coming from Jerry Jones himself. Um, but they do have three options. They can play them all quickly, which they can do. The Cowboys have $70 million or $67 million in uh, in salary cap space at this point in time. They can sign Zeke and Dak and then hold off on Cooper or sign Cooper and Dak and hold off on Zeke. I think they would be crazy to hold off on Zeke because I believe he really is the ingredient. He is the ingredient that makes the cake. Without him, the cake is, is not getting baked.
0: So, You're eating one of them nasty... Yeah, the, sugar free. The, the yeah, the ones where they forgot gluten free. <laughs>
1: where they forgot the sugar in it and doesn't uh, bake man. right. It's just so, flat.
0: Let me get this straight: Cooper and Dak are free agents next year. They
1: are. I think they will both be free next year. Zeke won't be. They have Zeke tied up. Yes, those two will have to be paid. Okay, so that's the way this is going to go. So that's really why where the everybody's gotten an offer though. So that's that's where that's at and. What are they gonna do? You gotta sign Zeke, man. That's really what it comes down to. That's really wh- that's really what you gotta do. Jerry, so, you got a big wallet. yes As we man. know
0: that checkbook is big. Open it up. Cut this boy a check. This guy's arguably the best running back in the league. Right? Maybe number maybe number two, and that's arguably pay this man. Let's go. You got the division on the line. You got the playoffs on the line if you don't pay this kid. You cannot go into this season with Tony Pollard and Alfred Morris.
1: That's for you sure. Can.
0: I don't care if you're playing the Giants, the Skins, and maybe, okay, you know what? Maybe you could do that with uh with the Dolphins there. You could take a game off because I think Tony Pollard and Alfred Morris can handle the load against the, uh, the fish down there in Miami. But, uh. Yeah, man, that's how that's how I stand about this team.
1: And then just so, just real quick, and then yeah. just to add for Cooper, like given the stats that he had last year, if you were to scale them up with a per game basis, because he didn't play a full season, it would have been 94 catches, almost 1,300 yards, and 11 touchdowns. So that really, really prices out over time. Uh, they got to sign him. And I just wanted to do a few highlights from their defense: um, Lee Heighton, Van Der Esch, 140 tackles, two interceptions; Jalen Smith. One of the best athletes in that draft, what, three years ago, where they drafted him out of Notre Dame? He was great. He wound up going in the second round because he hurt his knee. Uh, he had 121 tackles and four sacks. Those are the two middle linebackers. Unbelievable. And then Demarcus Lawrence, 10 and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, and an interception. The dude is a monster. But they are a little weak on the defensive line. Randy Gregory was, Randy Gregory was suspended for substance use. And then Robert Quinn was suspended for PED use. And then they also added Randall Cobb in the slot, which is another uh, weapon for the team as somebody to keep in mind at, at the slot receiver. But as it as the Stouts bear out from last year, Zeke was basically their second receiver on mm. the team based on catches.
0: Leading with that too, um, Zeke had nine touchdowns in 2018. Mike disappoints the fantasy owners, but his 77 catches were more than he had in his first two NFL seasons.
1: They just realized he can catch the football for some reason. I don't understand what that was. And I I had Zeke last year, and I was trying to understand what Jason Garrett was doing. It was in the lead that you know we had together, and I, I just didn't get it. And I think also as far as fantasy outlook, the defense has to be up on that list. Absolutely,
0: yeah. And, I mean, they even drafted the boy Tristan Hill out of UCF. Defensive line, 6'2", 3'30". Um, they, they bolstered up the defense. Michael Jackson Sr. from from Miami. Joe Jackson, Miami. Donovan Wilson, Texas A&M. These are all defensive guys that they drafted. Um, uh, young dudes that could ball. Um, and they, they picked up the boy, Connor McGovern, if I'm saying his name right, from Penn State. 6'5", 326, offensive Jeez, tackle.
2: That's a big guy. Add
0: that with that already talented offensive line, and they have – Uh, Excuse me if I'm saying his name wrong. I don't know if his first name is Travis Frederick. The dude didn't play at all last year because he had that uh, medical condition. I'm not sure what the medical condition was called, so I'm not going to put it out there and and butcher it. But Travis Frederick coming back, or whatever his first name is, Frederick coming back, is major for this offensive line, along with this big boy and the rest of those good players. This team can be scary. It can be scary, y'all. It can
1: be. And just the defense was ranked... 13th in pass yards on defense, giving up 234 yards. They were ranked 5th in rush yards and 6th in overall points given up. And they are really good in the red zone. They are 7th in red zone defense at 51% of the time. Most of the teams that are ranked very high in the league in red zone defense, you have a 50-50 chance. I'm a little bit over that too, um, you know, because the the Giants were actually really good in the red zone at 56% last year. Um, But that is... Actually, I guess you can say, but seventh at 51%. So the defense, they make it difficult to score when teams get into the red zone.
0: And um, before we move on, I got to say it again. Brett Maher. Okay, that's the kicker, y'all. This team, I like the kickers, man. I do. I think they're clutch. This dude was was a baller for this squad. You know what I mean? So keep your eye on that guy. I know it sounds funny to kickers, but if you can get a kicker in fantasy to get you double-digit points— Sometimes that's more than a receiver will get you in a game or if you have a dud game out of your running back, a dud game out of your tight end. Keep your eye on that, y'all. It's the little things that matter. Um, And I'm just going to say it. Zeke, if you want to hold out until October 14th, I don't have any problems with that. (laughs) Kevin won't either because the Dallas Cowboys play Green Bay October 6th. And, y'all play, and the Dallas Cowboys play my New York Jets October 13th. So, Zeke, if you want to come back on the 14th, I'm cool with it, dog. I don't mind you missing that game, man. But it's
1: crazy, though, because think about it. Jerry Jones was willing to
0: fight the whole league for, for him to
1: play last year, but now he doesn't want to pay the guy? Like, wh- which side are you on? What are you doing, Jerry? Pay the man.
0: Don't make no sense, y'all. At the end of the day, Jerry's got to open up the checkbook. Everything relies on Zeke coming in and playing. Right off the rip, they can't miss. No, he can't miss no games. They, the Dallas Cowboys, can't mess around. Um, and uh, draft wise, if this Zeke situation isn't figured out, it's a little scary. I think Zeke falls a few spots, but he's still going number one or two overall. Especially if he signs before the draft. Uh, I say that before your fantasy draft, excuse me. But if he doesn't. Where do you think he falls, Kev? How far do you think Zeke falls if he doesn't sign before your fantasy draft?
1: I can't say... I I still don't see him making it to the second round. Absolutely not. I just think he just goes at the second half of the first round. Okay. Because most of those guys at the front, if you're going to take a first-round pick or you're going to take one of those top five, six, you're going to take a guy that you know has no... You know, there's Alvin Kamara. There's so many other guys that you know are playing that are signed that are just as big of monsters as he is, so... I don't think he falls out of the first round because he's there's just too much value there to let him go that far. So, I don't think he goes too too late.
0: And keep your eyes on something here, people. You know, you got teams with early bye weeks. Something like, um, you know, maybe even the Detroit Kitty Cats, on Johnson. They have a week five bye week, I believe. So, maybe you could get a guy early and have him hold down the fort until maybe Zeke crosses over... Right the the quote-unquote line. Um, And then, you know, you got to keep your eye on the bye weeks, though. Okay, people, listen, bye weeks are major in fantasy football. Some people overlook them. And if you're smart enough, you could actually do what I like to call a and that means (laughs) what you do is you trade for a guy that already had a bye week. And you're basically gaining another week out of a player. Keep your thinking caps on. Okay, I did it last year. I had, I got McCaffrey very early in the year. He had a week four bye week. And guess what? McCaffrey was a set it and forget it guy. He goes in my lineup. I never have to worry about it again. Meanwhile, the guy I traded for McCaffrey, his bye week was week eight. Right. So now this dude that traded him has two bye weeks from his running back. Look ahead, mm-hmm. you guys. These are major things in fantasy football that could win you your league. Right, and
1: then Dallas fans, I just want to add this little tidbit about what Jerry Jones did. I told you all three of them received an offer. I told you that Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper are free agents in in 2020, which they are. And then Zeke, they can still hold on to Zeke. They can franchise him, blah, 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 do all of that. They can franchise anybody, but those two are due to be free agents. But the offers, they were all offered an offer that made them the top five in each one of their positions.
0: Yeah, but that, that, you know what? When I hear that, the top this and this position, that's what it is. Every contract that comes out now is the highest paid this at that. This is the highest paid left tackle in history because it's just inflation. Everything's inflated. You know, even when I go to the grocery store now, it's the highest price I've ever paid for spinach (laughs) because everything's inflated. It's ridiculous, man. I mean, you know, I remember when I was a kid, I worked for $5.15. Now people are getting. $7 $7 and change. <laughs> you, sound, you sound like, get off my oh, get no, loan, all oh, it, man. It, it's not that. It's just everything's inflated. <laughs> it the, is. The, so every time there's a contract, I mean, you know, like we said, Deion Sanders didn't even know who Kevin Bayard was, and he's the highest paid safety ever. Right. right. Of course, it's always going to be like that at every position until the next guy. And then what's going to happen? The next guy's going to say, I want more than him. Right. I right. want more than that guy. And so on and so forth. So every year – Every time there's a contract being out there, it's going to be the highest pay, whatever. And when
1: you look at contracts, only pay attention to the guaranteed money. That's all that matters in the NFL. The rest of it is just the uh, the guaranteed money and incentives. Other than that, that big number, the big contract number, doesn't ever really count.
0: Well, I think we wrapped up with the NFC East, y'all. Did you know, Kev, that Larry Fitz, Terrell Owens, and Randy Moss never led the NFL in receiving yards in a single season? I find that crazy. Isn't that crazy? You want to know what's is. even crazier about that? Larry the Legend, second all-time receiving yards. T.O., third all-time receiving yards. Moss this, Moss that, fourth all-time in receiving yards. And
1: you know what I love about that is that, you know what that says more about them is that they didn't have that one big year. Mm-hmm. They had... 13 big years mm-hmm. <laughs> where there was mm-hmm. a level of consistency that not everybody can maintain. A- and I am a, I will be Tio's lawyer for the rest of my life. Oh bro. And I, I still I think he love- gets, love, I want to fight people when they I love me some me yes I, oh man I, 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 I don't who said that who far. said
0: that y'all you should know
1: it just shows their level of greatness yeah. their level of consistency and they probably put up if you look at their yearly average it was probably like 12 per year mm-hmm. 13 per mm-hmm. year on average is my guess in yards they just didn't or they had that 15 or here and there and somebody just outdid them But I still I, think T.O. I mean, could play
0: I'm one of them crazy guys that think T.O. can sign with. The, well the Dolphins can sign anybody at this point
1: because he outworks everybody and he's a genetic freak and he's just a hard worker but i love that stat that made me excited actually i love those guys man
0: pop quiz who's number one all time
1: Terry rice okay man, man i just gotta like, make sure you ain't on. slipping <laughs> i ain't sure you
0: ain't slipping kevin's a, he, you know listen his number two sport is nba so i just gotta make sure that you know his number one is staying <laughs> sharp that's all
1: and he, everybody knows as far as receivers is concerned he's got it all so i'm
0: gonna run through this list quick and i just want to i want two two players out of this list and I want to I want to get y'all thinking caps on out there. You know me. I like the Wagers. Comeback player of the year. Jimmy GQ plus 325. Lev Bell plus 450. DeVonta Freeman plus 900. Darius Geis, plus twelve 1200. I don't know uh you know why he's comeback player, but anyway, Carson Wentz plus 1200. This don't make no sense to me either. Cam Newton plus 1400. Earl Thomas plus sixteen hundred, Jason Witten plus sixteen hundred, and David Johnson plus sixteen hundred. This is for comeback player of the year by that public sportsbook, duel. Not a sponsor. What do you like, Kev? Give me two guys that you would throw. No, not two. Le'Veon Bell. Mm. Easy. Oh, you know I like that.
1: You're like uh, people forget. <laughs> Like I, I like I uh, like that. My mind, like I my my brain gets overloaded when I start thinking about him because, mm-hmm. like like he he understood his value. He was he he ran for last season before he took off last year. Mm-hmm. He ran for just about thirteen hundred yards, and then he still had ninety two catches. Mm-hmm. So he was. The, oh man, he, I hope he does it this he year. Was, he was a top five running back for his team and the team's second receiver. Love it. He was the second receiver. I don't people, love it. I don't get people understand like, people forget about these things. That's and, why I drafted him. I'm yeah. like, I got to draft him, but he didn't play. And I, I, I felt, but the dude is phenomenal. He's gonna come back. He's gonna show us all. Long he stay healthy. He didn't have. He had one big injury so far. So he's he's a pretty durable guy. Mm-hmm. He's a patient runner. He's gonna come back and he's gonna show you what it is.
0: So, like he says, he doesn't need two. Um, I'm going to get out two anyway and one that one that I always do. I got to throw a homer bet out there. Left Bell wears the green and white. I'm throwing something on that boy. He plays for my team now, and he's arguably uh, one of the better running backs in the league. He's going to have the green visor oh, on. Oh, man, I can't oh. wait, dog. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm not man. even a Jets
1: fan. A- I just love Le'Veon
0: Bell. <laughs> I'm actually copping the, uh, the black Left Bell jersey because I've been dying since I was a little kid for my Jets to get a black jersey. I don't care out there if you guys don't like the jerseys, because guess what? You ain't a Jet fan. I like the jerseys, and I've been dying since I was a kid for a black jersey. So I'm copping the black left bell, and I'm definitely getting a Jamal Adams. But, well, I digress. I'm throwing something on the left bell plus 450. I don't know why they got Cam on this list, but I'm throwing something on Cam plus 1,400. And listen, as much as I'm not crazy about the Arizona Cardinals offense— I can't believe they got David Johnson on the bottom of this list for plus $1,600 for pl- comeback player of the year. I'll definitely throw a little something on that. I just wanted to fill you in on some, uh, you know, wagers. You know how I like to do it. I think that wraps up our NFL. Kev, okay, you got anything else? That's it. We're back, y'all. We're bringing it into the diamond, talking some baseball. Today's August 10th, and we're going to start this segment with our On This Day. And we get this from onthisday.com. In 1934, Babe Ruth announced today that this would be his final season as a full-time player. I don't know what that meant, a full-time player, but I know back in the day they used to have jobs and still play baseball. Right. So maybe that's what it meant. you got to
1: go to the factory and then come out and hit a few home runs. Well, and, um, 700 in his case.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I thought this was pretty cool. Uh, I'm gonna, we're going to double dip on this on this day. Again, from onthisday.com. Um, 1944, the Braves – Red Barrett throws only 58 pitches to shut out the Cincinnati Reds 2-0. That's that's nuts. I thought that was crazy Um, and kind of ironic that his name was Red and they were playing the Reds and he smoked them. But whatever. Yeah, so we we like to start out on this day. At this point in time, obviously, on this day for sports is very limited. It's either the Olympics or baseball because we're talking August 10th. Again, y'all, you're listening to The First Pick Pod. You can find us on Twitter. On Instagram at The First Pick Pod. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram at Vinnie Goombats, Kev. You
1: can okay. also find us on Facebook, The First Pick Podcast. You can find me at BiggestBoss76 on Twitter, at BiggestBoss76 on Instagram. And Kevin Dykes Just my name D-Y-C-H-E-S On Facebook we're, we're everywhere we can be And you can also find us Define the pod itself On SoundCloud On Podcast Addict Spotify And once again iPhone users We're, we're just waiting Apple Apple is, is Shooing us around All over the place We're waiting for them to respond Hopefully you're the, listening
0: to it On iTunes right now And we already fixed that
1: <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> so
0: But if not We're waiting on them But we're, we, we put in our bid yeah, that's it, man. We uh, I'm gonna start out with some overall baseball stuff. Give you a little rundown on what's going on right now, and then uh, you know, get your opinions. And uh, maybe you guys will like what we got to say. Something um, that's not really a good stat for these particular players. There's four guys up there in the list with most home runs given up this year. First on that list is J. A. Hat with 29. That's the Bronx Bomber boys out there. That's not looking good. Then
1: he had a tough night last night. They lost 8-2 to last night.
0: Yes, yes. Um, um, and then the next up is Yusei Kukichi uh, for the Seattle Mariners. I might have butchered his name a little bit. It's tough to say. Uh, left-handed Phenom not having a good go of it this year. They were using him a little bit too much there in Seattle. He also gave up 29 home runs or has given up 29 home runs to this point. Shockingly enough, Jason Verlander, has also given up 29 home runs. He's dominant, but he gives up the deep ball. You know what I'm saying? But luckily for enough enough for the Astros, they swing the bat well enough too to keep them in the games. And then no surprise here, David Hess of the uh, Baltimore Orioles gives up 28 home runs. The Orioles are just atrocious across the board. And uh, it brings me to my next thing, man. We're talking about the Orioles, but we're gonna it, we're gonna talk about them, and we're gonna talk about the Bronx Bombers. For you Yankee fans, I know it's the time of the year. I said it again. This is where all the Yankee fans come out of the woodwork. They're breaking out the Derek Jeter jerseys from from 1998. You know what I mean? They're telling me how many championships they got. Um, Reggie Jackson. (laughs) They're not going back that far. Some of them are. Don't get it twisted, bro. Some of them are. Because some guys can't name anybody besides uh, Jeter and uh, Don Mattingly. But anyway, um, the New York Yankees have won nine of the last ten games in those nine wins, they covered the run line in every game. Uh, run line means that they've won by more than two runs. That's excuse really me, more really than really. one run. But they've apologies. been playing
1: some duty teams, though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. some of that comes up against some crap against the Orioles that you just mentioned. And that's after it. mentioned Orioles. Yeah, it?
0: I'm, I'm going to lead into that stat. Last night, their streak ended um, as they lost to the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, but getting to the Orioles, this is crazy. They have won their last 14 games in Baltimore, setting a team record for the most consecutive road wins against any opponent. Their record, The record for any head-to-head matchup is 19 straight by the Brooklyn Dodgers at the Cincinnati Reds from 1947 to 1949. I got that from Elias Fjordsboro on Twitter. They're really good on stats. Yeah, man. And uh, that's kind of shocking, man. The, the, the Yanks, listen. I don't care if they're playing the bums. They're smoking the bums. That's what you're supposed to do. They're not letting up. Yeah, they're not letting up. The Yanks have hit 52 home runs versus the O's this year, which is the most against any single team ever. 43 home runs in Baltimore alone. Again, another record. Most in another team's ballpark. And 16 different Yankees have hit home runs in Baltimore. Now, some of them stats I've got from Elias Bjorth. Sports Bureau and some I got from Yankee fans, one in particular shout out to my boy Josiah. He sent me that gloating a little bit <laughs> um, but I saw so that I threw I was like that 's got to go in there. The Yanks have four more games against um, Baltimore, excuse me, in the Bronx Zoo, nonetheless, and uh something else that I thought was real interesting with the Yanks, aside from the dominance, this is something that's real cool, even though i don 't care for the Yankees. The Yankees and the Chicago White Sox will play the first ever pro baseball game in the state of Iowa. They're going to be playing on a temporary field where the movie Field, Field of Dreams. dreams. Yep, I That's did see that. sick, man. That's awesome. Baseball needs that, man, because guys out there like Kevin says baseball stale, this is what they need, man. This is what the fans need. For people out there in Iowa, they did it last year in Williamsport where the Little League World Series gets uh, is held with my Mets and Phils. The year prior was the Pirates and Cardinals at Little League World Series, and I don't remember at Little League World Series in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. I believe it was like two, three years ago they played at Fort Bragg uh, and I don't remember the two teams that played.
1: I just want to do a quick aside. Talk Does the it. Field of Dreams hold up and what is the greatest baseball movie of all time in Vince's opinion?
0: Mm. Ah, You know what, man? I'll, Field of Dreams is a classic. He doesn't still,
1: you think in 2000, 2019, can you still watch it? and You'd be like, oh, that was... But, I can. Because it's can. a father-son story. That's really yes. what it
0: is at the end of the day. I can still watch it, but is it relevant to kids today and younger generation i don't know okay for me um one of my baseball one of my favorite i don't know if it's the best but one of my favorite baseball movies of all time is is definitely uh major league okay uh, the major yes. league series i love comedy <laughs> man i like to laugh i don't get. i don't get to laugh that much in real life so um i like to get some comedy out of uh, a movie and uh I love them. I mean, A League of Their Own's a classic. I could go on and this is on. There's a time rookie of the
1: year. There's so oh, many man, good ones. Man, that was a man. good one when I was a kid.
0: <laughs> Personally, my all-time favorite baseball movie is Hardball. All
2: right, let me break it down I'll tell
0: you right quick. Uh, Keanu Reeves gets a lot of bad uh, publicity. I think he's a decent actor. But I love that story, man. G-Baby. Yeah, oh, G-Baby. I mean, oh, that that G-Baby! Oh. If you haven't seen it,
1: just watch. You, you, you will be crying like a baby on the couch. I don't care, male, female. It is, it's a tough one, but it also has heart. It, it was a really good film.
0: Uh, yeah, plus you get to see the uh, inside of a degenerate sports ga- uh, gambler. Um, I say a sports gambler because I, I feel like if you don't put in the necessary work, you are gambling. If you put in the work you are wagering or placing a bet. And uh, again, it's all at risk. You guys out there can say what you want, that uh, there that, that there isn't a difference, but I know there's a difference. There's a difference when I, I used to gamble. I don't gamble anymore.
1: Las Vegas uh, is still standing because they found a formula that
0: works. Oh, well, you got to win. So they yeah. obviously have a formula that works. It so ain't just just throwing money away. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, Hardball is one of my favorite baseball movies of all time. And you know what the name of my uh, fantasy baseball team is? The cucumbers, the cucumbers from from, from <laughs> That's how I, that's how I, that's how it goes, man. So that's my favorite baseball All movie, man. right there. I just, w-
1: just want to do a quick aside because there's so many good baseball movies out there. I just wanted to see what what was on the top of your list.
0: Nothing wrong with that, man. I'm gonna keep it moving along. Blue Jays. Let me tell y'all something. This boy, Bo Bichette. This dude came in the league and he's making a statement. Bo is the only player in the modern era with 12-plus extra base hits through his first 11 games. Also, Bo became the first rookie with an extra base hit in nine straight games since the great Ted Williams accomplished this feat in 1939, according to Stats by Stats. Also, I would be remiss to say my boy, Lars Goriel, for the Blue Jays landed on a 10-day I.L. with a grade one quad strain. The reason I say all these things is because the Blue Jays are a young team. They're going to be surging for the young guys towards the end of this year. They're not going anywhere this year. Excuse me. It's something I said to you, Kevin, a couple days ago. And uh, their pitching staff is atrocious. But their hitting is coming on as of late.
1: They have Guerrero Jr.
0: Yeah. Bo Bichette's balling. They got... um, Damn, what's his name? Going to talk, uh, Calvin Biggio. Okay. Uh, they got some Craig guys. Biggio's son? Yes.
1: I didn't. Yes. All of these kids coming up through the ranks, the, all their, their fathers were greats. That's crazy.
0: Talking about another great father, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Of course. All these kids play on the Blue Jays. This team is going to be a problem in the future, especially with Bo Bichette leading. And I can't leave out my boy. Um, my boy Scuba Steve, he put me on the Bo Bichette before it happened. Uh, Steve is, uh, one of my friends, and he's actually my barber. And he, me and him were talking in the barber chair while he's cutting my hair, and he was telling me about Bo Bichette, and I slacked on Bo, and now somebody else nabbed him up. But shout out to my boy Steve, man. He, he was the one that put me on the Bo, and this <laughs> dude came in the league bowling. But, um, the reason I wanted to touch on the Blue Jays is I just want you guys to keep your eyes on, on this team out there. Their pitching's bad, but their hitting's good. Okay. The reason I say that is keep an eye on overs with this team moving forward. Last night, the over didn't get there. The night prior to that, it's exactly what I said. They had five runs. The Yanks put up 10, 15. There's nothing. Unless you're playing in Coors Field, you ain't seeing a total that high. I'm not saying it's an instant lock to bet overs with the Toronto Blue Jays. But take a look at their pitcher. Check the ERA. Check what they do. And then look and see who's in the lineup. With Lords Goriel going down, that definitely affects him a little bit, but the rest of his team can hit. Okay. Flag Guerrero, Calvin Biggio, obviously Bo Bichette. There's a few guys I'm leaving off the list there, but um, keep an eye on Toronto Blue Jays overs. Wanted to touch on that real quick. I have a quick question for you. Talk to me.
1: So is there Are there any other teams surging towards the, that? Maybe, maybe we're down a little bit, and now they're surging towards that
0: playoff push? And one of them was, was making a statement last night. Um, I know the, the people out there in Cleveland, they like to go by the name of the Windians. Okay. Okay. Uh, not the Indians for <laughs> you that don't know. That's catchy. I like that. So last night, Cleveland beat uh, Minnesota 6-2. to two. Your boy was on Cleveland, by the way. I took him on the run line, and I had the money line. I ain't bragging. I'm just letting y'all know. I took some L's, too. I don't mind discussing my losses. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So uh, I was on the Cubbies last night. They, they cost your boy some money. Um, but anyway, so Cleveland and Minnesota are now tied for the division. Okay. Um, They are both sit at 70 and 46. Uh, they both sit in the AL Central. Um, I think Cleveland winds up winning that division. And I don't know if Minnesota can uh, hold on to the wild card spot, but Cleveland is surging. The bats are swinging. The pitching's on point. This team looks good. They got a they got a favorable schedule. Two more games tonight and tomorrow against Minnesota. Although I do think Minnesota winds up coming back and getting this game tonight. Um, I don't like the pitcher for Cleveland tonight. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Adam Pluko. He's a bum. And the Twins have Jake Odorizzi going. After last night's loss, the Twins are are on their first three-game losing streak of the season. Wow. Um, they're also an incredible team off the loss. So I look for them to bounce back tonight against Pluko, who I don't like. Um, and uh, it, they actually hit a record last night. The twins have hit two hundred and twenty six homers in two thousand nineteen. Oh f-
1: man, I was just about to get in there with that guy. Story of thunder. <laughs> yeah. Story your thunder, yeah.
0: <laughs> so um yeah, they hit two hundred and twenty six homers. It's only August tenth. Okay. I got that from MLB stats on Twitter. So Kev asked me what teams are surging. Indians. Surgeon. Um Mets surgeon. Woo- your boys. Wee-
1: your boys. Yeah, you know surgeon. I like that one, man. Yeah. I mean my boys
0: won. Um 14 out of the last 15 games, and I got something crazy I wanted to tell you. Last night, going into the game, 0-44 this season when trailing after eight innings. My New York Mets. Wow! Not anymore, y'all. We won at 44 now. (laughs) Got the big win last night against a division rival. Um, Washington's still leading right now. So it's a big, big win. race in the NL and it's separated very 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 small with a few games Washington Nationals 61 and 54 Milwaukee Brewers 61 and 56 St. Louis Cardinals 59 and 55 and my New York Mets sitting at 60 and 56 and the Philly boys 60 and 56 so you see it's real tight oh, right oh boy it's gonna so,
1: that's gonna make September unbelievably oh, it, exciting it's month it's gonna for be baseball crazy. <laughs> it's gonna
0: be crazy man Um, the cards are surging. They went on a little downstretch. They went out West to play a few games. They played some tough teams out there, uh, which also gets me back to last week. I told y'all take a look at the Oakland A's against the Cardinals, Kev. How'd you do with that bet?
1: Really good. I took your advice. And actually, I believed in what you said so much. I took him on the run line. I was like, let me take him on the run line. I will take it all. And I wound up being a winner last week because of Vince. I only took it because he said it. I don't mess with baseball. I don't do a ton of betting, period. But... I, I, he was so confident. He had so many good trends. He had like four or five different trends that lended that, that led it to a decent bet—a bet that you can can agree on—and they wound up winning a three in that game. So, thank you, sir. Appreciate yeah,
0: it, Yeah, man. You know, you already know, bro. Um, Cardinals, a surgeon. Uh, like I said, they went out west, though. They, they went in a little rough patch, but they've been doing good overall. Came back last night. Now, remember I told you about that trend last time about how the, bad the Cardinals are off a day off? Yes. Excuse me, how bad the Cardinals are after a day off? Well, I actually played against that trend last night. So, that's to try to tell you guys that these trends, they're not always ironclad. So, again, they were 4-14 four and 14 after a day off. Going into last night playing the Pittsburgh Pirates. Pittsburgh is terrible. Right. They are terrible. So uh, I took the the Cardinals last night, even though they had a day off coming back home after a West Coast road trip. And uh, they were locked up 2-2 two two in like the top of the fifth, and they wound up blowing it open 6-2. So they cashed your boy a ticket there. Um, the Cardinals are surging. I don't like to say it, but the Nationals are surging. This team started out this year atrocious okay the bats are swinging now the boys are getting healthy um and they don't even and they got max scherzer mad max on the 10 day, 10 day dl which i'm happy about because we're playing them right now so we don't got to see mad max which what? is really good for me we uh we beat up steven stratsburg last night a little bit tonight i think um it's corbin on the mound against my boy thor and then tomorrow we got the goat Going against, I don't even know. I ain't worried about it. Annabelle Sanchez, he's a bum. So, <laughs> and the goat is, um, or better known as Degrom. Uh, he's one of the best daytime pitchers. Now I will tell you guys, I don't bet my Mets, but that might be a way you want to look for a wager.
1: Okay, then. And wait, when was this game?
0: That's tomorrow, Sunday. Okay. But uh, I'm keep you an know, just take out. listen. I don't bet my Mets, so I don't even keep. I don't even keep stats or trends on them because I don't want to be hindered, and I'm not going to be biased and tell you to bet them. But just keep an eye on Jake Degrom; he's really good during the daytime. I told you some teams that are surging. I'm going to tell you some teams that are fluttering out. Let me tell you something: San Francisco Giants. They 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 messed up big time here. They got their manager Bruce Bochy. He's in the last year of his contract. He's retiring after the year. They had Mad Bum on the trade block. They wound up doing so good towards the end of June and July that they felt like they had enough to sustain and make a playoff push. Now, keep in mind, they're not too far out. They're only 57 and 60, but they've been bad lately. And uh, their last few games, last night, they lost to Drew Smiley in the Phillies. And Drew Smiley was some guy that just got passed around like like a dirty beer at a College party or something <laughs> like that, but uh, and, and and the Phillies were able to blow that game open and win. The Giants didn't move Mad Bum. Uh, aside from him, their rotation is disgusting. Okay. So I think they're on the, they've been on the way down and I think they're going to keep on floating down that way. And then
1: I can think the Boston Red Sox is another one, 15 games out from the lead in the American league and 15 games in their division, obviously, cause the Yankees in Houston are at the top of their tied at the top of their division, uh, at the top of the American league. So what's wrong with them? Sale did have a good night the other night. Um, oh, um. Oh, them winning 3-0, but overall, what what happened? Chris Sale wasn't the guy they expected him to be. What happened with the bats?
0: You got Mookie Betts. You have some
1: really good players. What's going on with the Red Sox?
0: You know, man, I I I, I don't know what's up with the with the Red Sox. I mean Sale has a lot to do with it. He has had some games that uh it just it just didn't make any sense why he was pitching that bad. Right. And sometimes he just wasn't getting the run support. You know what I mean? He's actually one of the least profitable pitchers right now in major league baseball. Okay. He's always getting a, a Husky number. You know what I mean? You got to lay a lot of juice with him. And when you take an L, it's going to hurt. So, uh, he's one of those guys you got to stay away from, but he did just have a good game, but you know what? It was against the angels and the angels are another team I got on the decline. Right. They lost eight in a row. They can't seem to get it right. Their pitching is all banged up. Trout ain't swinging. Right. um, I, that, the Angels, they, to me, their season's over with. It's not really looking good for them. And, uh, even for Boston to beat them, it doesn't really show me much. And Boston just, they turn it on some nights and they don't. Last night they had 16 runs. They beat the Angels 16 to 4. Right. They put up 19 just only two weeks ago against the Yanks. And then some games they just come out and they lose to the Royals. Right. The Royals are terrible. Consistency. And consistency. Uh, we yeah. said it
1: before, right? Consistency is the difference between being average
0: uh, is the difference between average and greatness exactly man so I, I don't know I don't know about that team uh i I just I just don't think that they have enough ground excuse me enough time to make up enough ground um I don't think they could even get into the wild card at this rate they're not catching the division but there's a lot of teams fighting and they got to go on some sort of run I'm not going to tell you it's not it's not possible okay. because this team won the World Series last year but As of right now, they sit at 62 and 56, and they are behind Oakland, who is 66 and 50, who is behind the Rays, who are 67 and 50, and the Minnesota Twins, who are 70 and 46. The Yankees, right now, have 76 wins. They're 36 games over 500. They ain't catching them. So they're not winning in the division. They got to fight for that wild card. They got to fight for that wild card. Um, Not really a team that I would say is on the downside. That it's because they just really weren't on the upside that much this year they just had a decent first half of the year even though they were supposed to be one of the worst teams in the league and that's the Chicago White Sox something I found that since the all-star break the Chicago White Sox are averaging 3.6 runs per game which is the worst average in MLB since the all-star break so you want to keep an eye on the White Sox last night they got smoked excuse me yesterday they got smoked 7-0 by the Oakland Athletics it was a day game, and if you guys follow us on Instagram and Twitter, I posted up a little wager that I made, explaining closing line value. Uh, that was a game where I preyed on that the lowly Chicago White Sox offense, and then missing Yolan Moncada, who's pretty much their best player. Okay, um, they also the White Sox are terrible during the day. I have trends to back that up, uh, and Oakland is very good in the first game of a series, and they're good during day games. So uh, I pounced on that and made a play. And um, also, I, dis- I-, I disclosed on our uh, social media closing line value. Closing line value is something you guys want to keep your eyes on, and that's because these lines move. Sometimes lines open up one way and they move one way or another, whether it's a point spread or money line. Okay. What that means is that if you like, let's just say, the New Orleans Saints, and they're minus three. If you like them and Kevin likes them and Steve likes them and Ian likes them and Pat likes them and Josiah likes them and all these guys like the Saints and everybody keeps betting the Saints, you know what Vegas is going to say? They're going to say, we're going to have to make these odds a little different. They're going to move them to three and a half right? and so on and so forth. So if they like them that much, they might move to four. The point is, if you like a side, get it in early because if you wait till game time, you just lost the whole point on the Saints. They were minus three, now they're minus four. What if they lose that? What if they win that game by four? You're pushing. Now, is there a point where you may take that early and it goes away from you? Absolutely. There's plenty of times that sometimes, you know, there's plenty of times that I've made a bet and I've noticed that the line moves against me. And what you could do in that side, if you're really still not confident in your play, you could hedge out of it. You could take the other side with that extra point. Or, you know, if you're betting a money line, which in hockey and baseball, you could take the other side with with that extra few cents to kind of... Wedge your way out of the bet and minimize your loss. I'm not big on hedging I okay. don't like to take two sides i'm in I'm in a bet to win it um but sometimes when you make a hedge you you almost guarantee yourself a profit depending on which side you take uh it doesn't happen often that I take a line that moves against me but it has it has happened right sometimes I stuck to my guns and it and it and it and it you know worked out and sometimes I was way wrong from the jump and it happens that way sometimes man so um while i'm talking about betting since the all-star break minus 180 favorites or higher are 82 and 27 that's okay. huge yes now you're laying a lot of juice but you're winning a lot right <laughs> if you are a $100 better you would be up just over 2k okay Oh, just over $2000 for you guys who don't understand the k right um if you took those same minus 180 faves and took them on the run line, the run line means you have to win by two runs, you would get a reduced juice price, which means you would pay less if you lost. If you took those on the run line, you would be 70 and 39. A $100 better would be up $1,925. Whew. If you took minus 200 or higher favorites since the All-Star break, they are 68 and 13. That's it. Wow. A $100 better would be up slightly over 3 k with a 16.8% ROI. ROI is return on investment. That's what you initially started out with betting. Full season, minus 200 or higher favorites, 207 and 64. If you are a $100 better, you would be up $5,715. And these numbers are based on the Killer Sports Database. And I got this via bangthebook.com. That's crazy, man. So listen, looking at those big favorites, it's a public play. It's a uh, you know square play, but you're making money. Right. And uh, if I'm making money, I don't care if I'm on the public side. You call me a square all you want. I'm going to the bank with that bread. For sure. So another team, I mean, this team isn't surgeon. This team is not. On the decline, because they've been on the decline all year. I've mentioned it to you before, the Detroit Tigers. This team's atrocious. As of last night, it's August 10th, y'all. They have only won 16 home games this year. And they are 6-31 and as a home dog. That means if you bet against them 37 times, you only lost six times. That's, That's crazy. crazy. They're, they're just really bad. And last night, listen to this, Edwin Jackson who was recently acquired by the Tigers, earned his first win for the Tigers since September 22nd, 2009. A nine-year, nine-year, 321-day gap between wins. The last pitcher to go nine-plus years between wins for one team was Joe Nathan, who played for the Giants 12 years, 348 days. I got that from the Elias Sports Bureau and they should burn that because I feel bad for both of those dudes that that's even a stat.
1: What, and, and I wondered if it's just, it has to be a little bit of their pitch and it has to be a little of having no run support for so long. That's a terrible, well, I don't know. He probably still drives like a Ferrari or something. So well, Eddie right. Jack-
0: <laughs> Edward Jackson actually started this Make year off with better. the blue Jays and they cut him, And now he winds up in Detroit cause they just need an arm. Um, Baseball's really doing this thing, man, where they're just, they're tanking. They saw what the Houston Astros did a few years ago, where they were just putrid for a little while. And now the Houston Astros have somewhat of a dynasty. They're in the playoffs every year. They won a World Series a few years, years ago. Then they were in a World Series. Like right. this, this system seems like it works for the MLB and Detroit seems to be all in on the tanking and with hopes to have some sort of uprise in the future.
1: Right. That that's just just a terrible existence, at at least professionally. You want to have at least a couple Ws, man. That's
0: rough. Although uh, Detroit is atrocious, um, today I'm not looking their way. I'm not looking to bet against them because they're playing the Royals, and the Royals are just as bad. I would expect the Royals to beat them, but uh, they haven't the last two games, and uh, I'm not looking that way. I have a few uh, spots. Nothing I love out there today. Um, and sometimes you need to release off the gas pedal. If you don't see something you love, I don't okay. make a wager. I don't make a wager. Um, one of the plays, although it might be "quote unquote" square or public, so to say, is uh, the Bronx Bombers. Okay, uh, Chad Green's on the mound. They're playing the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays are throwing out their Wilmer Font. I know Wilmer Font very well. Who Wilmer. Uh, I know him very well, and I don't mean in the sense that he's my buddy. I mean that he played for my New York Mets for a little bit, and he was booty hole. Um, (laughs) The Blue Jays are 20 and 40 straight up in their last 60 games following a win, which means they don't put a good win streak together. Right. Okay? Last night they won. The Yanks, I like them to bounce back tonight. I don't like the price at minus 165. I might take a little reduced juice and take them on the run line at minus one fifteen. These are my numbers that I'm seeing. Yours might defer a little bit. Um, I'm not crazy about it, but it might it might find a way to make my play sheet. I like the fact that the the Yankees are great against right handed pitching fifty two and twenty four. Something else sticks out to me: Yankees are nine and zero when Chad Green opens for them. Chad Green is an opener. He will start the game, probably pitch an inning or two, but every time he does, they are undefeated. Now, I always feel like I'm going to be that guy that gets the bad luck and they'll be 9-1 after today, but I'll take my chances with those. Again, these are just trends that kind of point in my direction. The Yankees are really good during the day. They're 29-15 straight up and 29-15 and against the spread in day games. The game's at 3 o'clock today. That's considered a day game in the AL. Yankees might find a way to uh my play sheet and then I have one other play Cincinnati Reds minus 130 excuse me minus 113 at home against the Chicago Cubbies Cubbies got Kyle Hendricks on the mound I'm not crazy about him and I'm not crazy about the Cubbies on the road um the Reds are throwing out Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray's been on fire lately. He had a bad game and I always like to back pitchers after a bad game when they're really good pitchers. I think Sonny Gray had a rough few years in the Bronx, couldn't handle the New York spotlight and now it kind of settled into Cincinnati. It's a good ballpark for pitchers. I like that line today, minus 113. It's not a bad line. Um, not a lot of juice. I think I might throw a little chance, a little, a little, little coin on that and the, the Cubby's on the road. 21 and 34. They don't win road games. Um, Yuck. And uh, they're fluttering a little bit. So those two, I don't love those games. And I don't like always just take favorites. But I like the line with the uh, with the Reds and uh, the Yanks, even though although it might be a square play, it might find a way to make my, uh, my play sheet. The Reds, the bullpen scares me. I'm going to end with that. But speaking of the bullpen, we're going to step into the bullpen here on the first pick pot
1: with the NCAA conversation. So, ladies and gentlemen, this week, the NCAA implemented some rules for agents with underclassmen. The NCAA put in a rule, I think it was two years ago, where underclassmen have an opportunity to meet with agents so they can test their draft quality their draft value and then still go back into college without penalty because if they did that before you could get suspended blah blah blah. it was against ncaa rules so i just want to let you know before we get in deep into the conversation what the rules were so underclassmen can work with agent and this is coming from sb nation on facebook sb nation's really good for articles they're very informative they give uh, i really enjoy uh, their writing so on un- a underclassman can work with an agent and retain his eligibility should he decide to return to school, provided that the agent has a bachelor's degree, has been certified by the NBAPA for the last three years, and passes an in-person exam administered at the NCAA National Office of Indianapolis. The thing that made this the biggest deal was that as soon as LeBron James heard about this, he had an opinion on it, because his agent is Rich Paul. Rich Paul... Does not have a bachelor's degree, although he's one of the most successful agents in the league at this point in time. And then uh, for for those of you that don't know, Rich Paul did not grow up with LeBron James. He wasn't a he wasn't spoon fed. He wasn't given this job by LeBron, but they did run into each other at a at a airport in the airport, right? And uh, he had on a Warren Moon jersey, and that Warren Moon jersey started a conversation between the both of them, and from there. Rich Paul created a relationship with LeBron James and moved forward and he winded up interning at a few places and then he wound up starting his own company called CGI where now he has Draymond Green, he has Anthony Davis, he has billion dollar LeBron James which makes them a very powerful group of young black men now i don't think the ncaa ultimately made this rule for rich paul i do think they want to hinder them in some way i think overall the ncaa is just trying to protect its money and protect its value by keeping underclassmen with in their school as long as they can because when you have a guy join duke duke like zion williamson The ratings go up, Mm -hmm. and they're a billion dollar company. I can't stand the NCAA. They are an unsanctioned minor league, basically for pro teams, whether it be for the NFL, whether it be for the NBA, any place else. I I feel like they're greedy. They they have all that billion dollar money making money on the backs of these kids and not paying them. Anybody who out there who says they get paid with an education, I don't want to. I don't care. I don't want to hear about it. But the part that I really want to dig into with you, Vince is rich Paul doesn't have a degree, right? Mm-hmm. But he is ultimately unbelievably successful. And there are some men who are agents, right? Who do have a great degree and went to college and are ultimately unbelievably successful. What are your views on that? When it comes to your son, when it comes to Vinny, how we're going to move forward and my son's going to be coming. And in my opinion, I just want my son to know that all the options are open to you, whether you want to go to school and you want to be uh, a doctor or you want to be a psychologist or you want to be a businessman. Great. But I also want him to know that if you have an affinity for cutting wood, if you enjoy art whatever it is. And you want to go a route that does not take you to college. That's also there. And I can also warn you about the, the pros and cons of each, but I just want my son to know that he has those options. I want him to, I don't want him to think that there's only one way. I want him to know that I want his heart to take him where it wants to go. And hopefully wherever his heart goes, that money will follow. What are your thoughts on that?
0: I would like my son to do what his heart desires. And, I won't hinder him making any decision. Um, I was a college dropout, and um, I like to think that I'm doing okay. Uh, I might not not be doing as good as I used to, um, but I'm doing better than I was at one point in my life. And with my son, I just want what's best for him. And if that means him going to school and getting a degree is going to lead him to a better life, I'm with it. But if he decides that one day, hey, Dad, I want to be a plumber, That's cool too. You don't have to go to school because I'll teach him one of the biggest financial mistakes that I ever made was enrolling in college when I thought I had to go. I thought it was the thing to do. And I'm one of these guys out there, and I'm not ashamed to say it, I barely got by in high school. Not because I wasn't smart. I was lazy. I didn't care. My main goal in high school was to play sports. And my grades declined after football and basketball season because I didn't have to worry about being academically ineligible. Right. And uh, it showed like that on all four of my years in high school. And I'm not proud of it. I'm not saying that I, I beat my chest that I didn't earn A's. It took me until I was in my mid-20s to earn an A for the first time in my life when I reapplied at college in 2011. Okay. I was um, in my mid-20s then. And I realized that I wanted something better for myself, and it was going to be hard for me to get a job without a degree, so that does that does hold me back and it does hold some people back that don't have a degree so I enrolled back in college um, I had some family issues that came up that were more important at that time, and unfortunately, I didn't keep up with school, but for the first time in my life, I earned an A and it felt good um, but my son he's going to do what he wants i'm going to give him the experiences of going to college and not finishing. The financial uh, hole that it put me in at that point in time in my life and my wife who went to college and has a degree can be the other half of that conversation and I think we can mold our son and help him make the best decision for himself. Whatever he decides, I'm there to support him. And sure, I might nudge him a little bit, tell him what, what might be the better way to go, but ultimately, it's going to be his decision. And uh, I think that I root for guys like Rich Paul. I didn't know that prior to you telling me. All right. Uh, we discussed this uh, in our little pre-game, you know, warm-up. Pre-show production. Yeah. So uh, I didn't know that about Rich Paul. He built
1: himself from the bottom up, man. And, sure. and Rich Paul, and then people talk about him sometimes, like he's, uh, like, like he. No, that's LeBron James' partner. They are partners. This is not a his boy. He, he, no, this ain't like a yeah. Le- LeBron James lackey who's just holding on. No, 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 no. This is a man, a man who met LeBron James and created himself. Now, obviously, getting attached with LeBron James has its perks. It Absolutely. has it. But why, why wouldn't you take advantage of that in the best way possible? I don't mean in a negative way, but I, I am connected. to to one of the best, greatest basketball players, one of the most powerful uh, athletes on the planet. Why wouldn't I take advantage? And I just want to tell. We'll end with this quick story. Um, Steve Harvey, in, in, in between some of his shows, will talk to the crowd, right? And he was actually making the point of, of what we're talking about right now. And he was talking with his with his landscaper because his landscaper does such a good job. So you want to talk to him about his job and why what he does and his thought process. And he's like, I've never heard somebody talk about grass like that he's like I, he's like I, I promise you and he was dead serious in his face he's like he talked about the blades and he's like he talked about it like picasso would talk about painting or art and he's like it makes sense because he has a seven million dollar business he's mm. like that's why he's cutting my grass and things like this so it, that just drove the point home that imagine what the number one landscaper on the planet makes Imagine what the number one carpenter or plumber makes. I can only imagine the guy who's fixing Brad Pitt's toilet. I mm-hmm. only imagine what that person gets paid to do that job. So like we already said, I just we just want our sons to have the option. And like you said, maybe we'll nudge. But we'll tell you these are the pros and cons of going to college because I am the college guy. My wife is the college. My wife has no college bills. I'm, I, I do have college bills. So I do know the pros and cons of going, but I also wouldn't be able to have the job I wanted. I knew I had to go to college to be a social worker. So I knew that was the deal and what was coming out of it. I could have been smarter with the loans and things like that, but life goes on. And you learn, and
0: that's something that you could pass on to your son.
1: Absolutely. it was The biggest mistake I probably took is not being smarter about how I took started student loans. It's probably my biggest mistake in my life so far. So I just want him to know when Quincy gets older, I will direct him. I will let him know. The world is your oyster, man. I'm gonna I'll I'll support you in whatever way you go. But I do think our generation of parents kind of pushed college harder than it ever did before because it was advertised that way, it was done that way, and we all went. And that's why we're all that's why we're a trillion dollars in debt as students across mm-hmm. the country as it is now today. But I just want them to know. I want him to know. The world is yours, man. You can pick wherever your heart wants to go. You could go that way and where your heart is is where the, the work ethic is going to be developed and is where the money will follow. And that's what I want for my son and my future. And Rich Paul is an example that it doesn't have to be college. It could be that way. And then there are other people who have went to college and have done it their way. There's more than one. There's many options to being successful in this world.
0: You don't think that your biggest mistake of your life was starting Reggie Wayne? Against- <laughs> Against the Packers when you're a Packers fan? He had a
1: great game, so why would it be a bad idea?
0: Five, six years ago, Kevin started Reggie Wayne of the Indianapolis Colts against his quote-unquote favorite football team, (laughs) the Green Bay Packers. And Reggie Wayne scored a game-winning touchdown with no time left. He dove into the end zone. And I immediately text Kevin and I said, I want to know how you feel as your fantasy team just won the game but your real team just lost i think that was kevin's biggest mistake of his life
1: in in reality ladies and gentlemen reggie wayne is gonna do what reggie wayne is gonna do whether i start him or whether i sit him so i might as well benefit from whatever he does against my team that day if he does nothing and we win great but if he does it all and we win great if he does it all and we lose Still great. I still haven't heard of a loss yet. Other than actually Reggie Wayne doing nothing, that's probably the worst thing. I I'd rather him do a ton and us still win.
0: So if Reggie Wayne does if Reggie Wayne does nothing and the Packers still lose, you're getting two L's, dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? But See that's what we do here in the bullpen. I, I I mean I switch gears. Uh we could get we could break down, open up a little bit and then I could get a chuckle out of you. And uh I want to end with something man when you said, you know, like you got guys that could be the, you know, imagine what Steve Harvey's landscaper makes or Brad Pitt's, you know, the plumber. plumber. Right. You don't have to be Brad Pitt's plumber. You I don't. know guys that are successful that are that aren't Brad Pitt's plumber. I know dudes, my friends, that didn't go to college and they make good money. They provide for their families. They're good men, good women. You know, and uh, it doesn't matter what you do. It matters what you do for yourself, for your family. And at the end of the day, man, can't take that bread with us. We could leave it behind for our family to try to build a legacy. That's what my game plan is. But at the end of the day, what matters is the connections we make with the people and doing things that we love. I love doing this, and if you could pay me the crap money to do what I love, I sign me up. I'm with you, man. I'm with you, man. And we hope to make y'all family
1: here on the First Pick Podcast. Like we told you, you can find us on SoundCloud. You can spot- find us on Spotify Podcast Addict. Hopefully, iTunes soon. You can find us at the the First Pick Podcast on Twitter at First Pick Pod on Twitter. At the first pick podcast on Facebook, follow us. Come with us. We we do want to be good at this. We're going to continue to get better. We're gonna we're gonna pick up the audio. We're gonna stay ready for you guys. We're gonna keep bringing the information, and we'll we'll keep getting better as we go along.
0: I'm gonna close this out with a grooting Grinder quote <laughs> from Hard Knocks because it it kind of adds to what we discussed towards the end. This can go. You could apply this to your fantasy football your betting, your life, your job, your relationship with your children, your relationship with your woman or your husband, whatever. Now, Hard Knocks might have been a a duty episode. (laughs) Try not to curse you all, so I got to figure out words to use. (laughs) Gruden, you can lead the league with effort because it doesn't take talent. It's just a decision you make. Let that sink in, y'all. First Pick Pod, thank you for listening. See y'all next week.